Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm, or as many of you now know him as Mad Dog Manny Aurora, when he stops into the Golden Scissors studio, he is the best when it comes to criminal law. If you got any troubles and you need somebody, reach out to the Aurora Law Firm. TheAuroraLawFirm.com, all right? Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide. Now, if you got a question for Manny when he pops into the Golden Scissor Studio, you can call our hotline at 404-369-3825 or shoot us a message from our website, PodcastTheBS.com. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an ear, and that's why Dr. David Markwell and Ridgeline Counseling are the best at what they do. Ten different therapists who work with Dr. David Markwell at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, East Cobb, Marietta, near the Square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. And they assist with a wide variety of behavioral health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, trauma, substance use issues, etc., offering virtual sessions if you can't get to the georgia stops the website markwelltherapy.com again markwelltherapy.com inspect all services offers a wide variety of services to protect your home or business year-round covering all the atlanta metro area with their industry-leading products and services since 1984 Inspect All Services provides a wide range of home services, from crawl space encapsulations to provide comfort and improve the quality of air in your home to attic crawl space insulation with an Energy Star rating to keep you cooler in the summer and warmer in the winter. So, if you're tired of that musty smell coming from under your home or just simply want to save some money on your bills, then give Inspect All a call today at 770-483-2420. Again, 770-483-2420. Make sure you mention the BS. Why? You're going to receive 10% off your home services needs. Inspect All Pest Services, 770-483-2420. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is the BS. All right, there it is, episode 91 of the BS. Thanks for being here. My name's Jason Bailey in the Golden Scissors Studio, all sponsored by Watkins Law Firm. WatkinsLawFirm.llc. Looking for the best. In the biz at trial and litigation, personal injury, wrongful death, landlord, tenant disputes, and give Tyler Watkins and his crew a call, 770-648-4009. Or again, WatkinsLawFirm.llc. Nader Tater Bader, the masturbator. Playa del Carmen, Mexico is where he hails from. How are you, buddy? Hola. I'm jerking it right now. Jerking it right now. So is Brandon. That's why he always wears the robe when we record. Hello there, Brandon B-Man Thrasher of Thrasher Services, 
the best to put up a fence and to fix your pipes, right? And check yeah. your backflows. That's what he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How y'all doing? Dude, our gas station just got rabbed last night. Rabbed? What does that mean when it gets rabbed? Uh, it means they, they, and, they grab and rob. <laughs> <laughs> and if he had an iPhone, he'd be a rabbi. Ah, I got it. Uh, so did they catch the guy? No, not yet. They came in there with sticks and everything, man. They had him at gunpoint. Really bad. Wow. What's going on down there? The The Walmart got set on fire by a 14-year-old. There's there's uh, gas stations being rabbed. What's going on? Rabbed. <laughs> this is the second one in like a week, too. <laughs> what the fuck is going on at noon in Georgia? Walmarts are on fire and gas stations are being rabbed. <laughs> uh, is, so if it was rape down there called roped? Instead, is it is changing up the valves? Is that how you do it? Lasso. That's yeah. how you get them. Is that your go-to gas station for uh, for blunts and all that stuff? Well, they don't sell those in the gas station, but I do frequent this gas station. Yes, or Swisher Sweets. Sorry, Zigzags. Busy Game Green. Yeah, what, what, I'm sure. Sure, the products come a long way since 30 years ago. I'm just going by what I know. Uh, the extremely beautiful, way so talented, awesomely dressed vivacious i know she likes that word i love it nikki d <laughs> i love that word I know. vivacious but isn't that a great word it is there's certain words in the english language that just really get your 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 nips a tweaked it does vivacious is a good one i'm a big fan of mature i love gorgeous gorgeous mm-hmm. that's a good word Put you on another level yeah that's a good word there then like they're it. the words like moist that no one likes i mean i like it do you really? I do. Somebody got mad at me on my stream because I said that. Yeah, you can't stream and say moist at the same time. It's very disgusting. Well, this guy came in and sung to me, and that's how he made me feel, so I said it. That's not needed. Like, <laughs> that information, we don't need to know. That makes me feel... Remember, you're in the studio with me. That makes me feel very uncomfortable. What did he sing to you? Uh, H-Town, Knocking Boots. Knocking Boots. And he hit the high note, and I couldn't believe he hit it. Yeah, can you give me a little of that? Just remind me. Somebody rocking, knocking the boots. Uh-huh. And he sang, did, did he give you diamond money or whatever it is? Yes. How much? Um, I don't, he didn't give me anything significant. It was the singing that got me. I don't, just don't ever use that word. That's, that's not a turn on. Guys don't want to hear women say, right, Nate? That's, a girl says that to you. You're like, oh. I don't know. I think guys want to hear that. Maybe not from somebody that's our friend, but <laughs> if you're if you're going after a lady, that that's better than moist. I think. <laughs> you want to hear it from any lady but your friend and your mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Nikki probably want, wouldn't want to think or hear Brandon say, "Oh yeah, that really makes me hard." <laughs> Yeah, just one-on-one, they're talking, and Brandon's like, hey, oh, my God, Nikki, say that again. It gives me a boner. (laughs) I got a big stiffy. Makes me feel uncomfortable when, like, you know, now that we've cut the cord, we just like to have the television on. We might not necessarily be watching it, so we'll just put on go-to movies that that are there. And the other day, uh, when my mother-in-law was here, she was here for a couple weeks when we went to Florida, and she stayed a couple days before and a couple days after when I... And we were, Ray Chad on the living room and uh, the living room television, Wolf of Wall Street. And we we're getting ready to eat dinner and nobody's watching it. It's just on. And I didn't even really pay much attention to it. But we sit down to eat dinner and the te- television is not right in front of my dinner table. It's a split level house. So it's off to the side, but you can hear it and you know the scene because, you know, we've seen it a million times. And right when we started eating dinner, that scene where, She's like, Daddy's not getting any of this anymore. And she's showing her vagina. 
And I said, Rach, you've got to turn this off. I can't have this on the television with your mother, right? Just, like, I don't care how old I, it's just a respect thing, you know? I don't think she cares. Though. I don't even think mom-in-law cares. Mom, like, there's always dirty stuff on TV and she doesn't say a thing. If my mother, if I still had a relationship with my mother, definitely my grandmother. Jace, turn that filth off. That's vulgar, you know? I was like, yes, Graham. No, not a problem. I apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me just feel a little weird, no, without a doubt. Uh, all right, so uh, let's let's talk about Chris Rock. So Chris Rock gets slapped by Will Smith at the Oscars. He does. Okay. Chris Rock now recently is asked to host the Oscars. What? <laughs> yeah, which I thought was kind of funny. I mean, I, I would think he would take it, to be honest with you. That's the ultimate receipt. He's going to have an entire show to really just beat up Will Smith, and he's got the platform to do it, and he's got every right to do it because that's where it happened. It's a perfect – It's whoever said, let's ask Chris Rock to host the Oscars next year, you should get a raise. It's brilliant. He turns it down. So he said no. And during a recent stand-up show, he makes this joke about turning down the 2023 Oscars. So remember, Chris Rock gets slapped. Mm -hmm. In this day and age, the word is canceled, right? So Will Smith gets canceled. Will Smith does the right thing. He disappears. And then he comes back and he puts out a video. But by the time he puts out a video with the apology, nobody cares. And it's all been, for the most part, forgotten and probably forgiven. So Chris Rock, uh, he, he called it returning to the scene of the crime and compared it to O.J. and Nicole. And the Twitter crowd started turning on him. So he says, uh, hold on, I got the exact joke. I'm going to have to find it. I don't know if you guys have. I had it written down here somewhere. So he made an OJ joke, right? I mean, he said returning to the Oscars would be like Nicole Brown Simpson returning to the restaurant um, to get her eyeglasses right before she got murdered. Right, exactly. That's the joke. Now there there are very few jokes if you've never heard them live in person or repeat it that on paper are going to be funny. It's just impossible. It was one of the first lessons I learned in radio, and there's no fighting it. Is somebody one of my program directors said to me. When you say things like, I got in trouble for something. It's like, when you say things like you said, always remember how it would look in black and white. Now, from a management standpoint, and actually that's really good advice. It really, really is. And I thought about it and I took that advice to heart. And I said, there's really nothing that I can say on black and white that's going to make sense. You know, especially if it's a joke or, you know, I'm trying to ruffle feathers or I'm trying to embellish or, or whatever the case may be, it can all be taken out of context. So when a comedian makes a joke and they get beat up for it and you see it written down, it's never going to be funny. You're not going to find it funny, especially when you're being set up to not find it funny, right? And I'm sure it was funny when he said it, how he said it and in his inflection and his cadence and all that stuff. And fuck you, Twitter, if you hadn't made an OJ joke in the past 30 years. Like, like an hypocrite. Everybody's made an OJ joke. So he's now being canceled. Because the, the sister spoke out about it. So I think that's why everybody's in an uproar because she's basically saying you need to still think about people's families that are still hurt and grieving. And so that's what Twitter jumped on. So here's the thing is there is, okay, I'll get, I, I, yes, you lose somebody in the fan, you're in the public eye. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate, but that's just how it works. People feel like they can say anything if you're in the public eye. Uh, and what they would not normally say about their friends or their family. It's just how it is, right? And she is correct. But 
who is she to say that people that make jokes about this stuff aren't using it to help them get closure? Help who get closure? Chris Rock. Maybe he's still upset about OJ and Nicole. <laughs> he didn't know that lady. <laughs> and Ron Goldman. Or no. Uh, he did not yeah. know that lady. Yeah. The Goldman guy. Yeah. The guy that got killed. You know? so, That's I'm, not lying. I'm just saying. So. He, how does this, somebody's got to explain, I mean, unfortunately we can't take live calls, but this would be a great conversation on the radio, is how do you get, how do you, how are you the person, a part of a scenario where the other person gets canceled, and then within less than a year, six months, you're now canceled? Because that's how this cancel culture works. Nobody's safe. Yeah, but you get, I mean, you can't be, you can't be turned, they can't turn heel on you that quick. There's got to be some rules to this shit. No. No, there's no rules. No, I don't think so. Well, I mean, just because it, with anything, like let's say you did something, you donated to charity, but then you went and beat the shit out of somebody, you don't get a pass on that just because you donated to charity one time. <laughs> I mean, if you do something bad, it's bad. But I don't even think he's get he's not getting canceled. There's just like three people on Twitter complaining about this, and then somebody wrote an article. Like people aren't in their uproar about it. Nobody even know, knows what's going on. I'm, most people don't even hear about this. Uh, who's the last person can you that you can remember got that canceled? Like it has a, it, nobody. They always come back. Like yeah. cancel is just a thing that that a certain side. I don't know if it's a certain side or what, but it's just to like scare everyone else into thinking that we're losing our freedom of speech. They always come back. Lucy K's do, just put out a new movie. Um, you know, Kevin Spacey's doing stuff. Nobody's actually gotten canceled. The only one is actually um, what's his uh, Harvey Weinstein, but he's in prison. I think. He got really canceled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, the, he's the exception to the rule. He, well, Bill Cosby got out too, right? Yeah, yeah, he got out. Yeah, but see, being canceled doesn't mean you're not free. It just means that you're not. You don't have the status as you had before. It's supposed to be that people are no longer going to support you, like how they canceled R. Kelly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But we still step in the name of love. Uh, but R. Kelly, <laughs> rightfully so, canceled. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's still not completely canceled. At first, it was this big old cancel him. They snatched his music off the radio. They're doing this. We're not playing it. But slowly but surely, it's all come back. Yeah, yeah. Just even Chris Brown. Chris Brown's like immune to the canceling. Like he's done so many things in the last ten years, yep. and he still gets the support. He always comes back, just like everybody else. Nobody really gets canceled. That's the one that blows me away. The guy yeah. beat a woman. He beats Rihanna. And it's, it's not, it's, it's not hearsay. It's fact, right? The guy beats a woman and people still support him. She does. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, like there's no, there's no, there's no coming back from that. Like you beat a woman, you know, you're canceled forever. In my opinion, like you don't get a second chance in life at all. Zero period. End of story. Uh, I, that's just not happened. I don't care about rehabilitation or anything. I don't care about that kind of oh, stuff. So you're canceling him. Absolutely. You, you, oh, you cancel culture motherfucker. I am canceling <laughs> like a mofo. You beat a yeah, there's, woman. There's no getting better. No, no second chances. No, Fuck them. You are correct, sir. You are put on an eye, just like a pedophile. You know, there is no rehabilitation to a pedophile. You're done in my book. You touch a kid. You don't get a second chance. There's just certain things in life you should not get a second chance on. It's just how it is. But who makes those decisions? I do. <laughs> so did you cancel but, Tommy Lee? Didn't he beat up Pam? He did. Yep. He did. And you know but what? But did you cancel him? I burned my Dr. Feelgood Dick. album. I don't think you did. <laughs> I don't think you did. Uh, I don't think he beat uh, Pamela. 
Oh, now we're making excuses. I'm Apology. sure he did. Apology culture. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a minute, Bees. Do you need me? You got a congratulations email from Georgia College? You already got accepted? No, I'm not accepted. Saying, like, congratulations, your application has been submitted, and you have to accept it. Ooh, congratulations, your application has been submitted and taken in. That's very exciting. It's I'm excited on one side because I'm so happy and proud of you, and then on the other side, I'm like, don't leave me. <laughs> yeah, and you got one from Kennesaw, Kennesaw State. Thumbs up, sweetheart. I love you. That is awesome. That is so, so cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. No, you can come down anytime and tell me that kind of stuff. That's great. Isn't that great? You know how they do it now? They they have a, a portal for the kids in, in high school. And so, the like, everybody's on the same page. Mm-hmm. And they go into this portal and they do, like, a questionnaire. And, they, and then they pick the schools that they're sending them to. So you don't have to write them out or... You know, get on a typewriter, type it out. It's smart. Yeah, it's brilliant, right? You know, just like recruiting for high school kids, there's a portal that all these kids, uh, you know, and then they're ranked high school level so that it's easier to get to colleges. The colleges can just go into the portal and see this, the, the kids, you know, for, for, for schooling, um, for football and, and any other sport too. It's really, really cool because I've been, I've been sweating bullets about this with them. You know, I've been telling Rachel, I'm like, look, She's a senior. You know, we got to start getting on, on the ball here with this college stuff, you know, because Rach has a tendency to forget shit, like, all the time. <laughs> I mean, she's got the memory of a brick. And so so I'm like, like we can't, I, don't, I don't want an excuse of, oh, we missed our window. We missed. She goes, it doesn't work like that anymore. Relax. I said, if you screw this up, you know, you're going to get spanked. And she likes that. And so I, and she's like, we're not going to screw it up. It's going to be fine. So, okay, so I, you know, I'm just waiting. I'm gonna like, like I always do. I'll just sit back, and that day I'll say I told you so. But I really am clueless on how it works. She is correct. I am wrong. <laughs> it's very, very simple for these kids. And Bees is all into it, right? She's typing it out. We're already talking about Christmas time, and if, uh, like I said, you're gonna need a, a laptop. You know, I, I tried to get you one a couple years ago, and it just didn't take. Her generation's not necessarily the laptop people. But as you go into college, you're going to need a laptop. She wants one of those iPad Pros that flip up, rub up, slap up, rub it down, all kinds of stuff. I'm like, nah, we need to get a laptop. We need to get some memory. We need to save stuff. She's like, I save it in the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> but you need ports for what? <laughs> okay, okay. Maybe you got a point. <laughs> What's, What's that? Is Georgia College, uh, is that Georgia State? Is that the same thing? That was in Millersville. To Millersville, yeah, middle middle Georgia. Very easy party school. Yeah, she's not doing that. Um, <laughs> she's uh, so there's Georgia Southern, which she's applying to Georgia State, which is downtown downtown, which we're not fans of, but she's going to put it in there. Terrible area. And then there's another school, I think, in Savannah, Georgia something or another. Um, yeah, but she said Georgia College, so I didn't know if like Georgia State was now calling themselves Georgia College or something like that. No, there's there's a lot. I, I didn't realize how many schools are around here. You know. Yeah, but they all have different like South Georgia, uh, Georgia, or was it Georgia Southern, whatever. There, it's Georgia something. So that's I didn't know if they had changed the name of Georgia State. I'm pushing her to Kennesaw State. I, I like that school. It's a good school. It reminds yeah. me a lot of UCF in its early days, where you know because they just got the football program. Well, I guess the football programs now. 10 years old, almost 10 years old. 
but the, they, they sell out the crowds. It's going to be a good, I wanted her to experience the college life. And that was what I told her, you know, cause she was all hopped up on going to, to Los Angeles, uh, uh, to Los Angeles to go to th- this makeup school and stuff. That's what she wants to do. And I said, don't miss your window of living your college years that they're going to be the best years of your life. And you'll be able to make mistakes. You'll be able to learn things. It's what I call responsibility purgatory. You have more responsibility than when you're in high school, but you have less responsibility as if you were an adult trying to pay your rent, that kind of thing. I was like, take advantage of it. You are blessed and have the opportunity to take advantage of those years. And so I convinced her to do that. Plus, I want her to get her business degree. So when she does go to work, she's going to work for herself. She knows what she's doing. She understands the finances, the organization, the management, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and she and she listened to me. I was okay. like, I started crying when she listened to me. <laughs> I did. She told she goes, we were at we were getting ready to dinner one night, and Rach goes, uh, "Bees has got something to say to you." And I said, "Okay." She goes, "I'm going to take your advice, and I'm going to go to school, and I'm going to." You know, because the rule is that she has to be within a four hour car ride of me wherever oh. she goes. And I, I would move to wherever she, if she wants to go to school in Montana. I'm going to, I'm going I'm moving to Montana. But I said, while you're in college, I need to be within a four hour car ride, which is far enough for you to have your space. But it's close enough that if I need to get to you, you need me. I will be there in person. Oh, and that's my rule. And that she agreed so to it. And she thank you. And she says, uh, she goes, yes, I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to go to school and uh, I think I'm going to stay in Georgia. Oh, wow. And, but when she said she listened, she was going li- to, I start tearing up. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nobody else in this house listens to me, but you listen to me. <laughs> oh, I'm not crying. It's the allergies. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So. I love that girl more than life itself. She is the best daughter, the best kid in the world. So anyway, that was very exciting. She's, she's staying down there wherever she goes. Yeah, I want her to stay. I want her. I want her to experience dorm life. I think every college kid should experience dorm life, just so you can say you hate it. And <laughs> if she wants to go the sorority route, which I think is a good idea, it's a great way to network, meet people, meet friends. It's not for everybody, I know, but. I enjoyed my my years in Greek life. Um, and she wants to stay in the sorority house, do that, so she can say she hated it. And then she's going to get an apartment eventually um, with a roommate, probably, maybe. I don't know, whatever she wants to do. And, and so I wanted to do the different tiers. I wanted her to experience all of that. I think it's important. She'll learn a lot, you know. I mean, I remember, I remember some lonely nights my freshman year at a dorm room all by myself. So sad, so depressed, and it sucked. And I'm in North Carolina, a Florida boy, in the wintertime. It sucked. It was horrible. My my room would always leak. Whenever it rained, all the water would flood into my room. So this remnant of, uh, of a, a piece of carpet that everybody would go get, and we'd duct tape to make it look like we had carpet in our room. We'd get soaked, and then I'd have to air it out, and then it would stink. And that was my room my freshman year. This was fucking, but you got to experience that stuff, right, Nate? That's what you got to get. Oh yeah, definitely. I think that's what some, some people's issues are today is they don't know how to coexist with other people and, and living in a dorm or just going to college in general teaches you how to work with people, live with people, deal with, deal with issues on your own with, you know, without having to go to your parents or the police or something, you just kind of learn how to, you know, be with other humans in, in the world, in the real world. Absolutely. That's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. Anyway, uh, we done with the Chris rock talk. 
Yeah. Oh, you if if you're done whining about cancel culture. I'm not whining about it. I just <laughs> was trying to understand the rules to it. That's There's all. There's no rules. Yeah. I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan. I don't like, I hate using cliche terms. You know, that's why I, I hate cancel culture and what woke uh, trigger and stuff. And like, they everybody's triggered. They're, they're, they're perpetuated <laughs> terms. Like they're, they're made up term. I mean, they're not made up, but they, they existed long before, but there's like somebody got it to be a thing. Kind of like when a rapper, you know, comes up with a lot, like, you know, was little John like, what? Or what do you do? Little John. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's been around forever. <laughs> Right, but he just coined it to be cool, so everybody started going yeah or whatever the fuck he said, and it was fun. Right, that's what these terms have been around. But there's somebody I don't know if there's like a a group of people like okay, so this is where the world's headed. So let's go ahead and vote on the words that we're going to make uh, a big, you know, used to our advantage for our agenda. I've got one. What is it? Woke. Oh, woke. That's a good word. I like that. Woke. It just kind of rolls off the tongue. It bothers you a little. We'll use woke. What are we going to, who are we going to take down with that? You know, and that's what happens. I hate that stuff. Uh, but I just thought this was, this was interesting because like Chris Rock was the baby face. It's like wrestling. He was Hulk Hogan before he went NWL. I mean, literally a day before Hulk Hogan turns heel at Bash at the Beach, he's still wearing the red and yellow. It's like Chris Rock. And then one night, you think Chris Rock's going to come out and help his boys who are getting destroyed by Kevin Nash and Scott Hall? No. He drops the big leg on Macho Man Randy Savage. He turns heel, and the entire place starts throwing trash at him. I was there. I know. I was sitting in Mean Gene Okerlund's section. He got me tickets. I was at Bash at the Beach. I was there when Hogan turned heel. Daytona Beach Ocean Center. So... It's like very similar. One day you're a good guy, the next day you're bad. It's just crazy how that works. I just find it very, very interesting. That's it's just an example, though. Chris Rock has always had little shady, shysty jokes. I mean, that's why he got slapped in the first place. And do you think that the older older people should get kind of a pass? No. No? A pa- we, you- we, we had this talk before, why, why you think that that crazy guy touching ladies should get a pass because he's old and crazy and you think it. No, they don't get a pass. But the, it, see, the, here's the thing is that I think what we do is we compartmentalize everybody and put them in this box. Like every, if you do this, everybody's like that. Instead of looking at things, and I've been, I've been saying this for years, you've got to do a case-by-case basis. You know, if you have one, you have, let's say Brandon goes to the, the, the gas station and he sees this girl and he rolls up on her and he, you know, does a junk bump. And it's just those two at the gas station, right? He's going up there to, to, to buy some uh, Funyuns and uh, some Swisher Sweets and a Slurpee. And he goes up there and he junk bumps her. That's fucking creepy. That's weird. Now, same scenario. You're at the gas station. There's an old guy buying some Metamucil, some hard candy. He putzes his way up to the counter. There's a girl who's looking at the wiener cage, getting ready to buy some hot dogs. And he kind of, not on purpose, but he makes a, well, he does make a comment. He's like, oh, you're a pretty young lady, you know, and he puts his hand on her back or something like that. They're two totally different scenarios. It's two, it's two different scenarios. And one person put their penis on you and the other person put their hands on you. It's still all bad because don't touch me. Okay. Well, old people like to touch you. No, girls. don't touch me. I just, I just, that's just how they're, I think that's what they were told when they were little. They said, touch me, touch girls. No. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I got to stay up with the world. Got to got to keep yourself updated. What's going on? But see, that's the thing: the, the world updates, and there's generations that don't. And as the world updates, society updates. Society doesn't take into consideration that they're not getting the emails because they're far behind. Like not everybody's getting up to speed because they're not they're not in the know, so to speak. Like there's that's a their job, but it's not their job. I mean, they're they're yeah, it is. Their it, job you can't is get on a point. Yeah, but you, you can't get like put an eighty year old on a plane and let him smoke cigarettes. Be like, oh, back in my day, you could smoke cigarettes. So I'm gonna fucking smoke on the plane. No, you got to figure out the fucking rules, bro. You are correct, but you give him a pass. He lights up the cigarette and he goes, "Oh, when did that law change?" And go, "Sir, that law's changed for a while." Well, this is the first time I've been on an airplane. I'm going to see my great grandson. I apologize. Okay, you give him a pass. He lit up. He didn't know the rule. He's done. You know, but you don't tase him and drag him off the plane and. You know, whatever, throw him in jail. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Maybe you should. No. <laughs> no, no maybe no, you should. That's how you learn them. Back in my day, you could just taste people and throw them in jail. I don't know what the big deal is. <laughs> I just always think of my grandmother. And my grandmother was absolutely fucking clueless uh, to what was happening. Like, like you, Graham, no, you can't say colored. That's not the term. I mean, this was even in the 80s or the 90s, right? I, I, I'd say that. And, and then you thought, I thought, that I was so advanced because I'm young and I'm hip and I know what's going on and I'm, my music. I'm, you know, come on, feel the noise, Graham. Quiet, right, dude. Oh, I don't know about this uh, music. This is a little dirty. This is heavy. You got to get with the times. That's where we're going. Everything's vulgar. Everything's heavy and everything's dirty. You know, well, back in my day, we did not listen to stuff like this. And I'm like, I, I get it. You know, so and they, they like they do a lot. Of, they with with changing the with the culture changing and they do like say some of these reboots and movies they change the basis of the movie which everybody loved and why they're rebooting it because of the success of what everybody loved to fit today's world and i don't think they should do that either i mean they should tweak it a little bit but they don't have to change the entire game um and if you can't do it with without totally changing it then you shouldn't do it at all you know, because there's movies that they've rebooted from the 80s that if you go back and you watch them in the 80s, you're like, holy shit, that character just in general was racist, sexist, whatever the case may be. They reboot it. It's a totally different character. I don't like that stuff. You know, they're rebooting the Fletch. Fletch is one of my all-time favorite movies. They're using John, uh, is it Haim? Haim, right? Ham, right? Ham or Haim? H-A-M. I think Ham is H-A-I-M. I think Ham is H-A-M-M. All right, Ham. John Ham. Great actor. Really funny. Love him to death. Think he's great. Mm-hmm. He's not Fletch. Ryan Reynolds, if you're going to reboot Fletch, should be Fletch. The trailer's horrible. Absolutely horrible. You know. So is Fletch? No, it's not. Fletch is one of the best cinematic films of all time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's that's why people they update it and people get upset because you you didn't really love the movie because it was not Fletch but just any movie from back in the day you you love the idea of it the nostalgia it, because it reminds you of a simpler time of childhood it's like Adam Sandler movies they're they're fucking terrible I mean like if you really look at them now they're not good but it, you you watch them and you love them because it reminds you of being a kid or being you know in college or whatever and it brings you back to the good times that's why the like nostalgia is such a big money maker now because they, they know everybody they can play off everyone's heartstrings bite your tongue name me a bad adam sandler movie i bet you can't billy, Ma- 
Billy Madison. <laughs> That's one of the best films in cinematic history. <laughs> yeah, I love the movie, but it's an, I mean, that the acting, the script, everything is not good. <laughs> Who are we to judge if a movie's good or bad? You know? The ones yeah. watching? Yeah. The ones. Yeah. <laughs> the ones paying for it. Exactly. I was real. I was real. One of our listeners actually sent me the Fletch thing, and I was like, ugh. Uh, this is just, this is going to be really, really bad. Uh, and, and I try to be as optimistic as possible. I don't, I don't want to be that guy, you know, that's like, oh, you can't reboot it. It's, you know, because some of the stuff they've, re- like the va- vacation, love vacation. Everyone doesn't like vacation. The original vacation, National Lampoon's Vacation with Chevy Chase. It's a great movie. They re- rebooted it with Ed Helms, right? Uh, it was fantastic. It was really good. Uh, they did a really good job um, incorporating. Yeah incorporating Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo and all that stuff. I thought, I thought they did great. Yeah. And that was after it's made though. Cause I, I think if I would have heard ahead of time that he was going to be Chevy Chase in the movie, I'd be like, nah, that, that's not going to work, but it did. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Right. Ed Helms was not Chevy Chase. Ed Helms was rusty and that they based the movie. That it was good writing. Like what they've done with Cobra Kai, really good writing makes mm. sense. Uh, this they're just, it's kind of like the Jack Ryan character. It's still Fletch. It's just, it's like James Bond. Somebody else is playing James Bond. Somebody else is playing Fletch. That's a, that's a, t- I mean, I know there was only two of them that exist, but that's a tough character because it, the, the whole point of the character was Chevy Chase being Chevy Chase and his sarcasm and that type of humor. Uh, John Hamm is funny and he's got maybe, say, slightly similar type of sense of humor, I guess. Uh, but Ryan Reynolds, who, by the way, Chevy Chase is his comedic icon, his hero, should be playing that part because he is the today's version of Chevy Chase, in my opinion. His sarcastic humor, he's spot on. He's like, there's there's nobody funnier. He's, he's amazing. Um, very upset about this. Very upset. Yeah, I wonder what, how they got to him. Like, what what was the conversations or who they nixed on their way to to pick John Ham? With that, by the way, with that being said, I wish them nothing but the best. I hope they do well. I really hope it works. I hope they just put all the shitty parts of the movie in the trailer. And they save the best for the movie, which usually <laughs> is not what they do. So, yeah. I, I I hope for the best. Uh, PodcastTheBS.com. Before we get to your Mexico moment, Nate. Uh, there's lots of good stuff up there. Nate is now at it at the top three. Uh, like we do the top threes uh, on uh, what is it? Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Wednesdays, Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Yeah, I keep forgetting. Sorry. But every playlist that we do from that uh, episode, Nate is put up there so you can listen to the playlist of the songs. So it's pretty cool. Like, you know, and then it gives you you know the category. Maybe you didn't listen to that episode or something. You're like, oh, what do they do? Episode 12. It's top three songs, blah. And then you listen to our playlist. And they're great playlists. And it's straight from Spotify. So Spotify, you're welcome for the extra advertising. So that's pretty cool. Uh, our social media, all of our channels are up there. Subscribe to the YouTube, like, share, whatever you got to do on the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter, and the TikToks. Our merch store is up there. Sign up for the newsletter. Hopefully I'll be putting one of those out here sooner than later. Uh, if you'd like to be a subscriber, please uh, subscribe to the podcast. It's only four ninety nine a month, and uh, we do our best to make good for f- less than five dollars a month for you. You know, with the episodes doing commercial free episodes, releasing them earlier, getting you extra podcasts, which will include 
this week we start the fantasy football replacement show. So uh, me and Randy Cross, three-time Super Bowl champion, and, and Jeff Bogus Bogus from FantasyFootballEmpire.com are going to do a fantasy football episode that will be released every Thursday for Thursday Night Football and you, to help you do your lineups. And it's we're going to do it a little bit differently than like a lot of fantasy football shows. Um, I just want to kind of do a quick version of going down the slate of games and just picking one or none players from that week that you could use in your daily or your season-long fantasy football stuff. We had our draft, and by the way, that's just for premium 2 percenters. So subscribers, you'll get that episode. Again, starts this week. And then the uh, giveaways, AtlantaGrillCompany.com. We have the, the barbecue sauce set, not barbecue, but grilling sauce set up there. That's pretty cool. So we're going to find a winner for that here uh, in the next week or so. The um, we, we, have a, we have a league, a fantasy football league for the BS2 percenters that Bogus, uh, once again, does a great job as the commissioner. And we had our draft uh, last week. And I w- it's a 12-team, I think it's half point, maybe PPR, doesn't really matter, but it's a 12-team league. It was a snake draft. I, I, was, uh, I went seventh. I took Dalvin Cook. I love Dalvin Cook. Well, my first pick, I wasn't expecting. And there's guys and girls in this league. I was not ex- Out of all the, the, the drafts that I've done so far this year, you guys were the best drafters. I was shocked. I was taken back. I was like, holy shit. There was this girl that drafted in front of me, and out of the 18 picks, probably seven of them, she took right before I wanted that person. So they're good. good. I'm not happy with my team. Not at all. It was probably my worst draft I've done this season. But it was because everybody else drafted so well. Like, there were people that I wanted that I didn't think anybody knew about or would take at least at where I was going to take them. Motherfuckers took them. Every time I'm texting Bogus, I'm like, who are these people? These are good drafters. He goes, I know. I'm shocked. I'm like, so am I, with the exception of whoever took Matt Ryan in, like, the fourth round. That was dumb. Ouch. Uh, but maybe it was not. You know, I think Indianapolis is going to the Super Bowl and winning it all this year, so who knows. All right, uh, so podcastthebs.com. Here we go. And now a Mexico moment with Nate. Mexico moment with Nate sponsored by furry family comfort care. Stephanie is a registered veterinary technician certified in hospice and palliative care for dogs and cats with over 20 years experience. They do things like mobile and virtual assessments. Do I need to take my dog or cat to the vet for this cold laser therapy in Atlanta in the Atlanta area to help ease aches and pains in the calm setting of your home or and now you can mention the BS and get 50% off your first appointment, whether it be a consultation about your pet's health, hospice consult, cold laser therapy, or 50% off one night for your dog or cat at the Furry Family Comfort Care Resort. You can find Furry Family Comfort at furryfamilycc.com. That's furryfamilycc.com. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so in um, here in Mexico, we have uh, obviously some different wild animals than you know, back uh, in Georgia, I mean, you, you have wild animals, but you maybe not, don't see them in your neighborhood as quite that often. Here, um, you know, we got like, you guys remember seeing the kawadi? The they look like little raccoons with like, yeah. the ring tails. Yeah, they're cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That giant like iguanas um, in the tree in front of our place. We have uh, we got bats, parakeets, um, just different kind of. 
Have what? They had some monkeys. Yeah, they had some monkeys. <laughs> uh, yep, yeah, we got a monkey that roams around our, our neighborhood. Um, so, so it's not uncommon to see some weird animals. Chihuahuas. Um, you got chihuahuas, all chihuahuas. Yeah. Yeah. The wild chihuahua, chihuahuas. chupacabra. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so Alexis was walking tiger and when she was coming down our street, she see, well, actually when she was leaving to go walk him, she sees this little bird sitting in, um, in the parking lot, uh, next, next to our building. There's a couple of spots for people to park their cars. And so she sees him and he's just sitting there and she doesn't really think anything of it. And then she comes back. He's still sitting there. Then when she goes out to go to the gym hours later, the bird's still sitting there, and she thinks both of his legs are broken. So, yeah, so she feels really bad about it, and she's trying to figure out what you can do to help him. And I'm like, man, it's tough. There's so many animals that in the wild just get hurt, and like, what do you do? What do you do with a bird if its legs are broken? Um, And so she – she didn't do anything for it right away. And then when she went back up to the, our, our place looking out the balcony and she sees two other people walking down the street, holding the bird and they're, they're bringing it into our building. And uh, so she messages in our group. It's like, Hey, I saw you guys brought it. Hope you can help him. I didn't really know what to do. I was going to call someone when I got back, but I saw you guys took care of him. And they're like, yeah, we brought him up to our place. We're going to see if we can nurse him back to health. Next day she goes out there and there's another bird sitting in the same place. And it's just sitting there, and uh, and we also we have like stray cats around our, our neighborhood. There's this one um, empty building, and we call it Kitty Jail because it has bars on the doors, but yeah. like just stray cats live in it. So there's just like ten stray cats that have their own house, and we call that Kitty Jail. Uh, so she she sees this other bird, and she's worried that something's going to happen to it. So she goes over to go pick it up, and she bends down, and to go like pick it up to come save it bends down these two giant like crow type birds come out of nowhere and they start dive bombing her. And one of them dive bombs her, hits her in the back with his claws. And she like, didn't, didn't get the bird up yet. So she just let, she just ran down the street and ran back to our place, comes back upstairs. She's telling me about it. And so I go and I look out the window to see if I could, or out our balcony to see if I can see it. (laughs) And it's about dusk at this point. And I see a cat walking down the street and it's it's kind of dark. It's like shadowy, like the street lights are on. And so I can't really see the cat really well. It didn't look really big, but the cat's tail was like five feet long. And I'm like, what the fuck kind of cat is this? And it's, so it's walking away from me down the street. And then it turns to the right. And I see what it, it was not its tail. The cat had a five foot long snake in its mouth and the, the tail of the, uh, of the snake was dragging behind it. And it was just so long. It looked like a tail. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, Holy shit. So I don't know if it ate the bird, the cat ate the bird, the snake ate the bird. Um, but the, in the end, the cat ate the fucking snake. So that's a circle of life down here in Mexico. The, the front of your place in Mexico sounds like my backyard. Do you remember years ago? It's like, well, just not year every, every time is just, and, those uh, what is it, those kawadis or what are they called? Yeah, kawadis. Yep. Those are uh, like uh, if you go on a TikTok, you'll see video. There's one in particular where they have the Jurassic Park music and they show the kawadi. Is it the kawadis that are walking and they have them walking backwards and they look like little dinosaurs because of their tails? 
Yeah, I think I showed you that video, and it looks they look like brontosauruses because yeah. the tails look like necks. Yeah, and so when it's going reverse, it looks like yeah. And then they put the <laughs> Jurassic Park music to it and everything. I saw one the other day. I think it was on Reels. I saw that the other day. I was like, oh, those are those quaddies. I was like, that's so cool. They they have it going in reverse, and it's Jurassic <laughs> Park music. I sat there. Yeah. I must have watched that video like twelve times. <laughs> like, so cool. That's great. But yeah, I didn't realize. I mean, I we live in the jungle, so it doesn't surprise me. But I've never seen a snake that big. Uh, and especially a cat, like a house cat killing it. It was crazy. Of course, you wonder what kind of snake it was. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know because it was dark out, so I couldn't see colors or anything. I could just see this long. I mean, it was long. Like, I thought it, it looked like a bobcat that had, or not a bobcat, um, like a jaguar or something's tail. Uh, but it was a small cat. It was weird. We usually, you know, we'll get at least one or two copperheads in the yard. Good size. Definitely babies. Uh, a summer, right? We haven't had one this year. But. The last time we had a big copperhead, this was a couple years ago, uh, grandma was here, and so it was Poppy, and she, like, literally walked right by. The thing was coiled up on the side of uh, our walkway in the back, and then Poppy comes out and takes care of the snake. And so, you know, it was like, oh, you're always freaked out. You know, the snake's going to be in the yard. The dog's going to find it. It's going to bite the dog, and you got to take it to the vet, and blah, blah, blah. It seems like only when... Grandma and Poppy are here. The snakes come out. So when we were in Florida, uh, there's a video I posted on, on our social media, the show, and my own personal one. I've got like almost 15,000 views on that damn video. And because I, 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 I muted it and put the lightsaber, like she's fighting it with the broom handle. It's like, zoom, zoom, zoom. It's a big-ass snake right there sitting on our walkway to our front door. And we think it was a rat snake. You know, it wasn't a copperhead. But that thing did not want to move. And she's sitting there, poke grandma, badass, right? Poking at the snake with the broom, like, get out of here. Get, just get. This isn't your, get out of here. You know, like that. And the thing was snapping at her. Chock, 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 chock. It's like a lion tamer. The only 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 question here, only when grandma's here, the snakes come out. Right? She attracts the snakes. The only question I had was if, if you have a broom, why are you not using the broom side of the broom? Why are you using the stick end? I was thinking that too. They'll just sweep it away. <laughs> but yeah, sweep it away with the, the swoosher part and then use the stick as the handle as it should be. Maybe grandma's got technique. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe she fight, would, that's how she, she feels more comfortable fighting the snake with the, the skinnier part. I have no idea. Have it's no like eating idea. soup with a pool cue. Now, right behind her, which is our garage that was open, there are plenty of things that I probably would have picked other than that. Uh, one being a blower, you know, <laughs> or the snake removal stick we have in the garage <laughs> or the guy that works for a snake removal company who is always in our garage <laughs> or the snake be gone spray on the show. Or the, yeah. Or the snake be gone spray on the show. I don't know if that stuff works or not. All right. Uh, that's a good one. Nate's uh, Mexico moment, cats and snakes and birds. Oh my. All right. Let's talk to our guest. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Watkins Law Firm, trial and litigation attorneys. So if it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day. In Georgia, if someone doesn't perform under a contract, The usual remedy is money. While in some cases you can have the court order them to perform, usually they won't because indentured servitude is not a thing anymore. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, watkinslawfirm.llc, serving all of Georgia. Next time. 
Talk to Tyler. I'm so happy that so many of you enjoy Newbertese Men's Wellness League's uh, practitioner, Diane Spiva, when she comes on the podcast. I think it's great. You know, I've been going to Newbertese Men's Wellness League in Sandy Springs, Georgia, for well over a year with testosterone maintenance, but they do so much more than that. With a weight loss program, sexual health, pain and joint management, Newbertese Men's Wellness League is a men's wellness facility for guys and guys only. Guys, as you get older, your body starts to break down. There are things that you can control and there are things that you can't control. Just pop into Newbertese Men's Wellness League in Sandy Springs or go online to menswellnessleague.com and schedule a phone call just to see where you're at. It could possibly save your life. That's a true story actually happened to a listener, right? So right now, the Wellness Combine, get it for 99 bucks. That's $200 off the regular pl- uh, price. Plus, mention the BS Podcast and get 10% off that price. But you got to mention the BS Podcast. Go to menswellnessleague.com. Hit that schedule button. Son of a bitch. I just called to say you should subscribe to The Bailey Show, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastabs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. So I told you guys I went and saw Ian Bag at the punchline the other week. And I'm just fascinated. I've always been fascinated with comedy. You guys know this. And so, uh... I'm, I'm seeing the acts that are coming out, and all the acts are great. There's actually more acts than normal uh, at the punchline. And then the featured act, I, I got to meet outside when I went to go see Ian, and her name's Catherine Blanford. She's, she's a Georgia girl, and this conversation we're about to have with her in the Golden Scissors studio might be the last before she's untouchable. That's how funny you are, Catherine. That's how good you are. You're welcome. Yeah. I mean, like your comedy is by far uh, some of the best, you know, and you had just gotten off a Fallon too. So you were probably on a high. Yeah. I don't think the people at the uh, Laughing Skull open mic last night would agree with you (laughs) because I went up there at 10, 15 p.m. with no notes. I was just like, here, this is what I thought about in the car on the way up here. <laughs> and um, and they were honest. And they were like, don't think about that ever again. You what? should move on from that bit. You got heckled. No, I didn't get heckled. I just, uh, you know, actually a lot of my bits don't start out well, which feels good because I, even if they bomb in the beginning, I'm like, remember mm-hmm. that one bit that bombed really bad for three months and then you did it on Fallon and it worked? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so I'm... I'm trying to rebuild now. I did Fallon and had done a lot of new material on Fallon. Three months before Fallon, I did. I recorded something else that was for an online. Uh, I don't know what you call it anymore. It's like the new wave of comedy. They they had put all their stuff on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok, and uh-huh. it's taken off. And that that's what helped me take off. Well, there's a YouTube channel, 800 Pound Gorilla. Yes, yes. And we had uh, Brittany Schmidt on this show. Yeah. I was not familiar with her, and uh, she came on. She's very pleasant, very nice, very funny. And she she was talking about this Hoda Housewife special that she did. But you, you yeah, I know. that It's kind of clever, right? Hoda yes. Housewife. Um, you, you have uh, an album, mm-hmm. a streaming album, Salt Daddy, that that's yep. what you were on Fallon promoting. 
I was promoting that. Yeah, and like everything. So that's what I'm saying. I did album. I did online material for this online whatever, and then did Fallon, and it's blown up. And now I'm going on tour and doing an hour, and I'm like, everything I have is on the internet. It's th- I'm on my greatest hits tour. Because <laughs> everybody that's coming to see me, I'm like, you've seen it. I, I've got to write new stuff very quickly. But it's, it's tough, though, right? Because you think that it's your act, and that's what you do. But I think the fan of comedy realizes that they want to hear – that bit, you know, where you have your go-to bits that yeah. will eventually become legendary in your in your stand-up. Jim Brewer comes to mind. You know, he tells stories. Uh, one of those bits about on Howard, I think, with his dad. And, and anytime you go see Jim Brewer, yeah. somebody screams out, tell us the dad story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Burt Kreischer, do the machine. Like, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, there are, I mean, pe- people are yelling at me. They're yelling romper at me all the time. And I'm like, it's my closer. Give me a second. <laughs> I got 45 co- minutes until that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it does feel good knowing that people know your bits. Uh, but you do in the back of your head have a little bit of self-consciousness as you're starting a bit that you know has gone on the internet, is blown up. Yeah. That you, you're like looking around, look, be, looking at people like, oh no, they've seen it, they've heard it. Uh, but I don't, I it. So far, I've been on the road for a bit and have I'm mixing it up. It's like fifty fifty now, and I, it's still people like love the the hits as I call them. I mean, I've been on the internet for six months and I'm calling them the hits. <laughs> uh, it's fine. Yeah. It's a, well, you 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 go on Fallon. Um, I, I want to talk about that for a second because I, I love Jimmy Fallon. I, I I just think he's a great entertainer. So nice. And I thought he did a really good job of putting you over. Uh, you know, when the just the introduction, the body language, the showing of the, the, the you know, your album, yeah. uh, and then coming out and meeting you afterwards. Because I haven't seen late night television in years, but I watched the clip of, of you, obviously, for this conversation. And then he came out, he's like, he repeats one of your punchlines, mm-hmm. which I thought as one comedian especially a veteran comedian like fallon to an up-and-coming comedian like yourself was the ultimate form of respect oh yeah to for him to say and it wasn't even a big punchline too which i appreciated you know it's one of the little side ones yeah you're like oh you heard that one Mm -hmm. and that felt good he so i learned he started out in stand-up yeah he was 17 18 his mom would drive him around to clubs and she would have to sign off that she was okay with him going into the clubs because it was usually 21 and over, right? Mm. So he's super respectful. He loves stand-up. A lot of the late-night shows don't even have stand-up anymore. Kimmel doesn't have stand-up anymore. Colbert doesn't have stand-up anymore. He's one of the only ones. He's It's the coveted show. Mm. You know, it was it used to be Carson. Mm. If you did a spot on Carson, your career was made. Right. So it's still a coveted spot to do it on the late-night, on the Tonight Show. And he was so cool. You know, it's it's not, they tape it earlier in the day, so mm-hmm. it's not live. So when I was standing behind the curtain waiting to come out, he was talking to the audience. And he was like, okay, we're, gonna, we're about to have a stand-up comedian come on. You know, it's a huge deal for any stand-up comic to do the Tonight Show. This is not only her Tonight Show debut, this is her TV debut. You know, she's, she's worked really hard to get here. Any comic who gets to this point... This is, you know, this this is a huge deal for them. So, you know, show her all the love, and then the Roots played a song, and then I came out, and uh, yeah, and then I got to sit on the couch with him afterwards, 
And I, I don't know if they usually have a lot of time allotted for that. It's it's not like back in the old days where they were like, if you sit on the couch, it means... Oh, you're a millionaire. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, Carson liked you so much, you made your career. Uh, now I think it's just like, if we have time. <laughs> you know, it's different. But still, to sit yeah. on the couch, I mean, any airtime is good airtime. Yeah, for and, sure. And when you came through the curtain, my, my, my first um, <laughs> thought was... What you know, because this was so exciting, such a big moment in your career, and you looked great, you looked fantastic. But did you real like, did you overthink by like what you were going to wear? Like, did you say, like, you'd be like, oh my god, I'm going to this store, I got to go to this store, there's this little place up in Avalon, I'm going to this store, I I don't have the money for that outfit, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to buy it anyway. Oh, yeah. So I had, from the minute I got a text saying that it could be a possibility, not even booked on Fallon, just get a tape together, that text to on Fallon was two weeks, 14 days. Mm. From, and I had to, and I was on the road, I was traveling, I was in Texas on the weekend in between then, booked shows that people bought tickets to see me, couldn't cancel that. So I was ordering stuff online and just having it shipped to my house. I got home from the road Sunday night, had everything shipped to my house, was throwing on stuff. I was like, none of this is working. And I have I have punchlines in my set about the way I dress. Yeah. You know, and it, I was dress like, it's like a good. 20 year old. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And like, the- uh, yeah, and I'm like, I, I, I dress like, uh, uh, what, what's the line? Uh, oh, like a male figure skater from 1994. Right. <laughs> so I had to have something that played into that and nothing was working. And finally, I, I put these two pieces together and I was like, okay, this is it. But they're really strict. Like you can't wear black, white, brown, navy blue up top. You can't wear, you usually can't even wear dark bottoms on the bottom because they, they don't want you to be look like a floating head mm. blending with the curtain. Can't wear major logos. So I had bought all, bought all this stuff kind of in my price range. And I get uh, I get to New York. I meet the booker of Fallon, the stand-up booker, the, the day before we're running our set at the cellar and stuff. And he's like, hey, you, he's like, you could have bought anything. Like you, He's like, we have comics who go out and they buy three thousand dollar suits he's like and our our wardrobe's so great they'll tuck in the tag they wear it on national tv and then they as soon as they're done they go back to the store and they return it (laughs) i didn't know that was a possibility he was like yeah our wardrobe department's great they'll tuck in any tag that's great you should have worn a jimmy fallon t-shirt i don't think anybody's ever done that like bought one from the merch shop yes and gone out there and you know done the chick thing and tied to the side and be like you know just you know hold on for a second Yeah, yeah 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 so one of my favorite parts of of your your stand up on on Fallon, it was so organic. I guess somebody from the Roots, yes. you know, Fallon's band, either laughed out loud or they made a comment, a positive comment, in the middle of your set, and your facial expressions, like you look like you've been working TV for a very long time, and that's very difficult for people that you know don't know camera body language eye contact all that stuff it's very difficult just to jump right into it but you stopped down and you looked and you're like yeah you like that you know or something like that i thought that was probably the best moment of it it was so natural and so organic yeah i i so i'd done the cellar and worked like three or four different of the cellar rooms uh the night before and the, i was going around with the booker and, and i i love doing crowd work i love interacting with the crowd and the first couple of shows I did in the book, it was like, you can't do that. You can't do that for TV. I know as badly as you want to, you can't interact. This We're not doing this for the crowd. We're doing this for TV. Right. So I had that in the back of my head the whole show. But the minute I looked over and I was like, 
Questlove just laughed at me. <laughs> <laughs> I looked over and, I, and that was just my one moment for me. Like, take that in. That was you, girl. And then I kept moving. But yeah, that was, I, I, for a second, I was like, you broke the rules. But I think it worked. It that's, was fine. That's funny. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was good. Did you get a huge bump in downloads? Yeah, uh, yeah, actually, I did. You know, it was funny. Not as much as the the stuff I'd put out before with that online uh, content mm-hmm. channel, uh, but yeah, I a good bit. But it's funny how like the difference in in what used to be a huge opportunity for comedy, and not that Fallon isn't, mm-hmm. but there's also other things can be that can be just as big. As you know, going on the Tonight Show just uh, is just as much of an opportunity as recording something for somebody that has another major online channel mm. that gives you exposure. Who were the other guests? Uh, Kevin Bacon. Oh. He did some parody rock song with him. He was nicest. We talked uh, across the hallway. Okay, so you do realize you have now a built-in bit if you want to add to your the greatest one degree thing. Yeah. Oh my god! Yes, it's it's Everyone there. Told me. Yeah. I didn't even know what it was before. I people constantly make fun of me because I don't know any cultural references about anything. Yeah, and I Why? kept being like. Oh, because uh, my parents grew up white. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> understood. <laughs> uh, Sorry, that was my <laughs> So gotcha. I kept being like, I've never seen Flashdance. And they were like, it's Footloose or one or the other. I couldn't even get it right. Uh, and But I, I did talk to him across the way. I was probably the first person that he'd ever talked to who had no clue who he was. And then uh, and then the other guest was Joe Coy, who's another yeah. comic. So we actually we got to go out to dinner with him at the Polo Bar afterwards because he was uh, promoting his movie. You should have told Easter Kevin Sunday. Bacon you were the seventh degree. <laughs> should I? <laughs> like, it's six degrees the bacon, right? That's the, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the bit. And be like, sorry, I'm the seventh degree. I have no idea who you are. I just want to, yeah, I want to know how many times a day somebody says something to him about six degrees. Oh, he's embraced it, actually. He has, uh, I think, a, a website, and he promotes, you know, he promotes it, like, on social media. He'll he'll talk about it. He, he actually, I've interviewed him before. He embraces really? it. Yeah. I mean, some of, some of the actors that, like, Chuck Norris has embraced, you know, the, like, COVID's afraid of Chuck Norris, those kinds yeah, of yeah, things, yeah. you know, like that. They, they, you can't fight it. You, you can't fight the internet. It's, <laughs> the internet's yeah. going to win every time. I would have thought he would have had a clause in, in his rider or something that was like, no one can look at me in the face and no one can mention any degree of anything in my presence. You've been, It's been explained to you what it is, right? That everybody has six degrees of connections with him so kevin bacon is in so many movies especially blockbuster movies Uh that you can take for the most part just about any actor or actress and have six degrees to kevin bacon so it's almost it's also a, a drinking game too you can do six degrees to anything you could do you know, um, like if you have a friend that's a slut, you know, it's like, oh, six degrees to Trisha. You know, it's, it's like, look, Bob's over there. There's Timmy. You know, there's Juan. It's six degrees to Trisha. You know, so it's a drinking game as well. Right. But right, if you're right. a movie buff, like I'm a movie buff, you can say, all right, you're going to start with Denzel Washington. And you got to get Denzel Washington to Kevin Bacon within six degrees. But can it be anybody? Can it be like Denzel Washington's director lived across the street from a dog groomer who groomed Kevin Bacon's cousin's dog? That's what makes it funner, more fun. Yeah, if you do something like that, you're like, yeah. And then, you know, we're going to bring it around to Brandon because Brandon and Noonan 
once worked out with a guy whose last name was Bacon, and he says, I'm Kevin, you know, and then you end there. Oh, okay. So in that sense, I'm related to Gandhi. Sure. Right. Okay. All right. I'm a Bailey, so I'm sure I'm related to some chick's dog out there. Yes. Yes. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That's just how it is. Kevin Bacon's aunts. So so you you were on promoting uh, Salt Daddy, which Mm -hmm. is your album. Um, I got a lot of questions about that, and and you tell the story – briefly in your in your stand-up routine uh, of salt daddy when i when i saw you that you had an album i was like god do they still do that you know i i like do comedians still put obviously you're not putting out an actual album but it's on apple and you can download it i remember i used to work with larry the cable guy he um before he became larry the cable guy he's an orlando guy he is oh yeah he well he's originally from nebraska and he's lived in orlando most of his life but he used to do uh, the morning show next to me at, at the company, and he would back in the late, I guess ninety, he would do this bit where he'd call different radio stations around the country. And he'd go, Is this Russia? I mean, really racist, very pro-American. Mm-hmm. You know, like it wouldn't work today, but they were hilarious, and he got a he got a following through that. But he was also on this morning show, and he was still doing stand-up, like the Larry the Cable Guy thing is a bit that's not how he really talks and re- i mean he he does because he's he's but it's he, slowly transformed he lives the gimmick yeah but he he's a nebraska midwest boy um by 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 birth so not even country at all no he he's got country in him there's no doubt he's got country in him i mean he's, he's not he's not a phony um but anyway so he worked at the radio station next to me. We became friends. We used to, he was a very funny guy, very nice guy. I was there the day he got fired. He was very upset. He decided to tell me how upset he was. Like, I was the guy he took it out on. Um, but I remember at that time, he was like, you know, because he had already started butting up with Foxworthy and Ron White and, uh, and Bill Engrave. And they were, I think, just starting this blue comedy tour thing. Or like they were about to. It hadn't launched yet. And he was like, yeah, and I'm going to put out an album. And I was like, that's so cool. But we were still in the CD days. And then he got a Grammy, I think, for his album. And But now I'm going, do you really still put out albums as a comic? Do people listen to those? Yeah, I think it's definitely your way of putting out material and content before somebody's like, I want to put you on TV for a special. Mm. And... A lot of people do it for now. It's the money making thing because you uh, you put out your album. It's it it gives people something to go watch you for a you know thirty minutes because nobody's watching YouTube for thirty minutes any anytime. Like you put it on in the car, but also you send those tracks to SiriusXM, mm-hmm. and that's the money maker for anybody who's not doing. 30 uh, minutes on Comedy Central or Netflix or anything like that. If you really want to make money, you submit those tracks to SiriusXM. And that's that's how comics live now. Oh, so they, they pay well for using your content on their comedy yes. channels. Really? Yes. Now, but there's a big issue now. There's a writer's fee that we're writers, something, composers, something, something that uh, a bunch of songwriters were getting and they never allotted it to comics and they started fighting back and they were like, what, what's the difference between comics writing their material and and musicians writing their material why aren't we getting that composer's fee so there was a big a lawsuit and they they had stalled like they weren't playing a lot of new tracks of any comedy tracks for six months but it has just now been cleared but yeah that's again there's like there's this whole new wave of comedy of how to make money and how to you, you, you like survive on the road and be able to do it full time and 
that's why I put out my album. I only did 30 minutes because I wasn't trying to, you know, burn a whole hour on something that I would like to use some of that on TV. Right. But uh, it's not it's not CDs on the road anymore is what it used to be, mm. an album. Now it's, here's my half hour, you can look me up on Spotify, and then let me submit that to SiriusXM and be able to pay to go on the road so you don't have to nanny anymore. Well, it's very similar to the radio, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, podcasting is the, the new radio. Yes, and, yeah. And this is coming from a guy that's been in radio for almost 30 years. And after getting fired, I'm like, well, this is the this is the evolution. This, yeah. is, this is what people are going to listen to. And you can do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's very interesting. You know, it's like we talk about cutting the cord all the time. And people are getting rid of cable and satellite yep. and going to streaming networks. It's weird how, Nate, the, the world kind of changes in every aspect. Even in comedy, you know, you don't have to, you can, you can just be a, a hero off the internet. Like musicians. Musicians make tons of money in TikTok songs. Oh, yeah. And it's even changing the way that comedy is written now and how people are, are writing. I'm still a storytelling comic, but you've noticed people don't spend time on a bit. I still do, but people don't sit there and go, let me, let me develop this bit for two months. Let me work on this for three months. People like I, I, I'm writing this one minute clip with three punchlines. I'm writing it in a day. I'm going out, I'm filming it that night and tomorrow I'm putting it on TikTok. And then I'm going out and I'm writing another minute. I'm writing another minute. I'm writing another minute. And it was, it didn't used to, that was Mitch Hedberg and Mitch Hedberg only. You know, Mm -hmm. now it's, it's, Everybody is, not everybody, but a lot of more people are writing comedy for the minutes, the minute content, than developing a, a you know, John Mulaney has 17 minutes on school assemblies. That's not really, you don't see that a lot in upcoming comics now, because you see much more of a reward by putting out shorter, quicker, faster stuff online. It's the same thing with wow. radio. It's like, yeah. You know, yeah. get to the point. Yeah. So you got seven seconds to grab people's uh, attention. And and that's it. Well, you know, like I told you when, when we met at the punchline here in Atlanta, and I've known Ian for years, uh, there's not a better crowd worker comedian yeah. than Ian Beck. There's not one. He, he comes out, he's got his go-tos and his fallbacks. Oh, yeah. But- to work the crowd the way he works that crowd is amazing. Oh, to go and work with him that weekend and then go on the road the next weekend, I was like, well, I'm going to do some crowd work. I'm, I'm going to flex this muscle now. Because <laughs> you watch him and it's it's inspiring. And to he also, what I think is so cool with him is he's so good and so comfortable at it uh. that usually you'll see somebody go, all right, let me crowd work this until it gets the punch and then I move on. He'll he'll get the punch and then sit there and he's kind of okay with the a little bit of silence yeah. for a second and then he will milk uh, that little bit of crowd work he will he will wring out the rag until that rag is he's ripped it in half yeah you know what I mean like he doesn't stop yeah. and he and he goes he, he pushes it so much further than any other comic I've seen and he's he's so good at it that's one of the things that I like uh, about his 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 bit is to stand up and I told him this because I've always been a big fan of uh, the power of silence you yes. know I, I've taught all these guys you know when they were young in their careers and they started working with me I'm like the power there's a book actually called the power of silence and you can 
emphasize anything and make it sound so important with a slight pause. Mm-hmm. The idea of dead air is, is, is old and gone. You know, when you talk to somebody and go, you're at my house right now, Catherine, I can't believe you're here. You know, I mean, like you don't even have to have a punchline. It's just the inflection and the pause. You're like, yeah, what yeah, the yeah. fuck is yeah. he about to say? <laughs> I wanted to run. I was a little freaked out. <laughs> See, that's a, that's the power of silence yeah. for you. I should have wrote the damn book. Uh, yeah. uh, is there is there anybody that you've uh, been sharing the stage with that you uh, is like the pinnacle so far of your career? Like, I can't believe I'm opening for. Yeah, I've been on the road with David Spade for a minute. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. The The way it happened, well, I had another friend, Andrew Stanley, who's an Atlanta comic, uh, had been opening for him. He had had a, 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 listen, gigs are gigs, okay? But they're not all the best. Sometimes you do it for the money. <laughs> and there was this, in Atlanta, this high school group uh, whose parents wanted to throw him a high school party and wanted to hire comedians through the punchline. Andrew was originally scheduled to do it. He had to cancel to open up for David Spade. <laughs> so they asked me instead, right? <laughs> that one might be worth ruining your right? reputation and saying, sorry, high school party, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't do it. Sorry, sorry, 17-year-olds. Uh, you probably don't even know who David Spade is, but uh, I'm going to go open for him. So I do it. It's 17-year-old, no comedy. Doing comedy for college kids is rough, but high school kids, they don't know... Look, you're you're essentially just doing a lecture at them. Right. You know what I mean? You might as well be in chemistry class. They're like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. It was awful. They just sat there and stared at me the whole time. I'm just like, telling. I'm just repeating the price that I'm getting paid over and over <laughs> in my head just to fill my time. I get off. I'm texting. I'm like, "Yeah, you missed the greatest gig ever." And uh, he he sends me a picture. He's on this theater tour with Spade, and he's like, "I think I picked the better gig." But he goes, "By the way, we were at dinner before." And speaking of online content, he he goes, Spade showed me his phone, and it was one of your clips. And he goes, who is this chick? He goes, oh, that's my friend Catherine. He goes, oh, she's really funny. So a couple weeks later, Andrew uh, ended up not being able to do a gig with him in Florida. And so they're like, you want to ask your friend Catherine? So, again, just the power of, you know, like moving stuff online and and putting stuff online, it, it can change your career. And uh, after that, we we did a show in Jacksonville, and I've been two or three different dates. We've got four dates coming up in Florida with David Spade. Yeah, really. Yeah, we have like a four day. We have I think Tampa, uh, Fort Lauderdale, and then two Orlando's or something like that. Yeah, wow. coming up. We I did, love he, David Spade. He's so he's oh, I mean, he's hilarious on stage. But sitting there with him, you'll. Just one on one, you you won't stop cracking up. He he never stops. He is on twenty four seven. So mid to late nineties, I guess. There's a picture on my wall uh, of us. Yeah, right really? there, me and David Spade, right there in the middle, and we were hosting this event at Planet Hollywood. Now, Planet Hollywood was I don't think still owned, but was owned by a man named Robert Earl. Yeah. Robert Earl also is the owner of uh, Earl of Sandwich. He owns Buca de Peppo and all Okay, another one. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> so and he's a very nice guy and a lot of roots in Orlando and we had a relationship with him and and his people and playing in Hollywood so and so forth. So they asked me at very young in my career to come out and do this thing with David Spade. I'm like, You've got to be kidding me. Yeah. 
you know, this was one of my first like wow moments. I love David Spade. So we're up there and we're doing it. It all goes well. It's great. He's who he is and does his thing. And then afterwards I brought like a little recorder thing to get some clips or something. I was, cause I was, I was technically a producer at the time and he's sitting there. The planet Hollywood used to have this gigantic bowl of pasta mm-hmm. and he was eating it. And it's one of my regrets in my career, but I was young and stupid and I'm sitting there and I'm interviewing him and I'm asking him some probably stupid questions. Then I get to the Farley stuff and I'm like, you know, now that I look back and, and I think about this from time to time, every single time I look at that picture, I'm like, what an asshole who bothers a man eating a nice bowl of pasta about his deceased friend. You know, it's like, what a classless prick. And, and I remember I asked him a question about Farley. He goes, he looks at me and he says something that, and he was very nice about it, but he's like, Hey man, let me, let me finish eating my pasta and then we can talk about stuff. And we never did finish the conversation, but he, he didn't want to answer it. But he was nice about letting me down. Yeah. But regret. He, very much a regret. He's so... Whenever we go... We, we went to the mall trying to kill time one day in Tulsa. He's, I've never seen him turn down somebody for a picture. One time. It doesn't matter. One... We were running like to the show... Like, we were already in the car. Someone's knocking on the window. And he's like, I'm so sorry. We're going to be late to the show. But he has never turned down anyone for for a picture. He'll he'll be like, let's all do a group one after dinner or something. But uh, I've... I've, I've been surprised with how nice and genuine he is with everyone. Um, but, I, I mean... He's he's told Farley stories and you could tell he genuinely I don't know maybe it was back in the day it was maybe more fresh but now he likes to relive. Oh, the yeah, days. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, you should you should try to get in on Grown Ups 3, you know, whenever that takes place. Those yeah. are my favorite movies. I love those movies. I'm going to be what? Play the nanny? No, you, well, you yeah, you could play the nanny or you know, you, you if they bring in a new character, you can be the uh the the hot daughter, you know, like in Grown Ups yeah, 2 when yeah, Rob right. Snyder's daughters show up. I think up. I've aged out of that though. Like I think 30 they're like, "No, no, no. We need 21. <laughs> we need a 21-year-old to play 14." Uh I, yeah, maybe I could be a I don't I don't know. I you'd don't, be the nanny. Is, it's fine. Yeah, nanny. You'd, you'd be An the new Asian nanny. nanny. Yeah, the the, the, the what was it? Au pair? Yeah. Au pair. Yeah, what I can do an Australian accent. You could, you could be the au pair. Right. Is is acting in the cards? Is that like the next step? Yeah. I want to. I mean, I'm not it's definitely not my stand up is my core what I focus on, but uh I love I love acting. I think too uh, and, and also another thing that's become uh more of an opportunity for stand-ups uh, is hosting like mm. hosting you know reality show type esque things mm. now there I think there's a gr- growing demand for it so I'm kind of putting myself out there pitching myself to I can see you being in a, a comedy a good comedy you have that personality yeah like a sitcom like, yeah like everybody yes, knows Catherine mm-hmm. yeah I'm way too big to be in a serious <laughs> thing like I, I've been auditioning for stuff and they they're continuously like the, your eyebrows need to chill out. Someone's just died, <laughs> and, and you're pitching it like 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 it it was a fake bow and arrow that you shot through their neck or something. <laughs> like your dad just died. Okay, like you take it down and stop smiling so much. And I but can't. I'm too big. When you're a comedian, do you take acting classes, or you just go in there with your normal abilities when you're auditioning for roles? I have taken acting classes because I do. Okay. I get. I mean, if you saw me on Fallon, you know I get so excited, and <laughs> my it, it literally looks like my my smile is trying to pop off my face. Um, so because I wasn't, I didn't grow up a theater kid or anything. Like I, performing was not my 
my natural tendency. Uh, so I've had to learn techniques and stuff and, and learn that your eyeball movement has to be so much smaller on camera than what you could be on stage. Um, I take classes. I do think, though, doing stand-up, you learn a natural ability, like your timing and mm-hmm. and and trusting your own instincts. Uh, doing stand-up, you... you, you you're better at that than what a classically trained act would be. Yeah, okay. for sure. Is there is there uh, is anybody from your past now that you've been on Fallon and you're touring? I mean, you are uh, a successful. You can call yourself a successful comedian. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're you're working when you're making money and you're a professional. You're successful. Um, is there anybody from your past, maybe an ex-boyfriend, like, hey, we should get together and talk. Uh, maybe give me some free tickets to your show and introduce me to David Spade. Um, you know, there's one, one ex. Has he necessarily reached out? No, but he was a comic in Atlanta. And I started dating when we first, uh, when I first started comedy. And he was very much like, ah, you can't do my show. You're just not, you're just not, you're just not there yet. I've just seen you bomb too much. And, uh, he's still out there and I know he sees it. Is he, is he doing well or no? I think he's doing fine. Yeah. He's better than you. Listen, listen, I haven't seen him on Friday. I didn't see him there when I was there. Uh, and that's the one, has he reached out? No, I think he has too much of an ego for that, but I know, Mm -hmm. I know he sees it and that's the one that feels good. (laughs) I feel so good. I mean, I haven't thought about it every day. I I, I tell my daughter this, I was telling her this the other day, you know, she goes to these high school problems. This is the, my, my motto is the ultimate receipt is success. Oh, yeah. You know, so success is the ultimate receipt, meaning, you know, receipt being a wrestling term for the most part is, you know, the payback is what I'm giving. This is what you get. And it's like for those that crawl up in the ball in a ball in fetal position and they start crying, woe is me. And won't so you weak minded punk, you know, mm-hmm. that's when you, you know, as soon as you get knocked down, that's when you get taller. You, you get back up and you say, you know, bite my ass and this is watch me now. That kind of thing. I've got I've got no constraints on me. You know, yeah. so. I think and stand up. That is everyday challenge because you're not you have to continuously write. You push yourself to boundaries to grow more and more as a comic. And the more you push yourself, the more uncomfortable it gets and the more you are going to fail like last night. Like. I'm going to do that bit again. It probably will bomb three or four more times. And then maybe one day I'll do it on TV. Uh, but yeah, it's a constant pushing yourself in and then failing. And, but knowing that the failure just means that you are, you, you're growing. Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. without, you know, I, I saw, um, what's the chef guy? Um, Ramsey. Yeah. Thank you. Gordon Ramsey. Well, I was addicted to his shows back in the day, the Hell's Kitchen thing. Yeah. And there was one episode, and they were on a, a private jet, and they were taking the, the last remaining chef somewhere or something, and he was giving him some advice. And he says, you cannot have success without failure. Yeah. Now, everybody knows that, but I'd never, I think at that point in time, this was years ago, ever heard somebody, especially that successful, say that out loud. And that resonated with me. I was like, mm-hmm. you're right. You you know, just like Michael Jordan said in his book, you know, he missed way more shots than he made. But he's not going to make all those shots unless he tries takes the shot, you mm-hmm. know. 
So that's, that's life. That's success on how, whatever tier you look at it. Yeah. So I love your attitude. I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, I've been like, I've been doing this for eight years. I'm telling you, it's the past six months that has popped off. Like I was, I was nannying and beating myself up for years. Cause I'm like, I'm, a, I'm looking at my friends, you know, they got their, their medical sales careers and their <laughs> cars and their houses. And I'm like, I'm, at the end of the day, I'm still a 29 year old nanny. What am I doing? But I knew that this is all I ever wanted to do was comedy. Yeah. And I would still every night, like, even if you're tired, I would go up and even if it wasn't the best set, I was like, this is a rep. Maybe I'll, I'll have a riff doing the set and I, I'll get one more tag or one more punchline out of this bit or something like that. And so what I say now sometimes when I'm like, what is, you know, is, is this going to amount to anything? I think about for seven and a half years, it didn't make sense. Well, sometimes to me, it didn't make sense to anyone else because there wasn't that huge success. There was no Fallon. There was no numbers on social media. And it, it, I was, people were looking at me like, why are you going out to this bar, this smoky bar for four people who are barely listening to you to do this bit again and again and again? Mm. And it sucked for a long time. And now all of a sudden stuff has popped off and all of that hard work paid off. But so what I tell myself still to this day is remember all of those times when it didn't make sense, but you still did it because it will pay off eventually. Yeah. But yeah, do I you, mean, do you, have you had, have you had a, um, a comedy club owner? Cause they're, they're not all Jamie Bendles. Yeah. You know, and Jamie Bendles, the good comedy club <laughs> yeah, owner, yeah, yeah. but there's a lot of real pricks out there, especially the smaller ones in crappy towns. Mm-hmm. Have you ever gotten off stage? Maybe not the best set. And he comes up to you and says, man, you're probably not coming back. You're just really bad. <laughs> I mean, yes, for years. Really? They would yeah. tell you that openly? They would tell me. They, they'd they say it a nicer thing where they'll go, um, God, I really like your, I really like your spirit. <laughs> <laughs> it was always that. They, or, would, they would talk to you like a fat girl's haircut. Yes. Right. Yes. It's like, oh, that's a cute short haircut even though you weigh 450 pounds. Right, you know, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd be like, you know, you know what? I love how I love how you still keep going. <laughs> <laughs> even though no one's laughing. Right, 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 right. I love your I love spirit. your tenacity. Yeah. Your tenacity. <laughs> you know, not too many women can pull that shirt off. You That's know? exactly I mean, it. <laughs> you do a yeah. good job. I love, I love your confidence. So... Uh, the double standard still exists, obviously, with uh, women in comedy. We were talking to Brittany Schmidt about that, and I'd made a comment. I was like, you know, we passed that. And she goes, whoa, 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 whoa. No, we're not. <laughs> She's no. like, it still exists. But when dating, you're single, yes? No, dating. No, yeah, dating. Is you're, that what you would I'm living with a guy and he makes me pay rent. What do you call that? Is that? Roommates. Yeah. Yeah. With benefits. Dating my landlord. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're giving sex for bedding correct there you go for shelter you're, you're the beyond part of bed bath yes <laughs> there you go that's what you are yeah okay so you live with a man now mm-hmm. and and but he makes you pay rent correct uh we might need to talk about that relationship <laughs> you, we got any friends that just it's okay to, i yeah i say it on stage all the time i'm really weird. trying to but see he's still like yeah i mean rent's rent so uh, it doesn't bother him okay well anyway um okay i was thinking that you were single so single attractive woman on the road celebrity is it tough to date if you do you date 
city to city or do you try to find somebody in the industry or do you want somebody not in the industry? So I, from dating somebody who was a comic, realized it's great to not date somebody in comedy because comedy is so... I mean, you can't help it. It's competitive. You right. get something, somebody else is like, why didn't I get that? It's You're always comparing no matter... Cutthroat. Yes, yes. It's just, it's, it's hard to to be in the same relationship with somebody doing the exact same thing. Um, the guy I'm dating now, he's in finance. He doesn't even... I'm like throwing out huge comedy names and he's like, I have no idea who that is. So it's, I, it's a breath of fresh air because everything else in my life is surrounded by comedy. But... It is difficult because he does not get the lifestyle. He doesn't get why I'm going to a bar mm. on a Tuesday night because I want to work out a new bit for the road on Friday or whatnot else because it's it's an insane lifestyle. It never stops. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does kind of stink for somebody who is in a relationship with somebody who's on the road all the time and they're not because they're not living the high life of being on the road and getting the high of being on stage and whatnot else. How long have you been with this guy? Shadows. Two years. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if it's going to work. <laughs> no offense. Not trying to be that guy, no. but it's, that's, it's tough. I he, mean, it's like I a mean, musician. Yes. You know? it's, it's, yeah. I mean, he's definitely, he's super supportive, but I do get, I see how, how bad it can suck <clears throat> for the person who's on the other side. He said, just, just the way waiting. you described him, he strikes me as like, Tonight, we're having dinner, Catherine. <laughs> and I have something that I need to discuss with you. I think at your age and at this time, we've seen that this comedic thing just is not going to work out for you. So I've lined up a couple interviews <laughs> with some of my friends, okay? I've got some great positions as an assistant to the executive's assistant oh. in finance. <laughs> he, d- he keeps... he. Still tells me that he thinks I'd make a great salesperson. Be great. We're, we're <laughs> going to send you to the Bank of Jesus Christ Latter Day Saints, and you're going to sell bank sell accounts. Sell Christ. You're, you're going to sell, sell Christ. You're going to sell. What, what we want people to say when they open up a bank account is, "Dear God, thank you." That's what yes. you're going to sell. From heaven on high. <laughs> For heaven on uh, high. You know, we've, we're bank of tithing. And I'm like, that's a great sketch. Let me write that down really fast. Let me pitch this to SNL. Yeah. So that that's another thing. You know, you and I both share that is, you know, my phone's full of things so I don't forget. And the older I get, the more I forget. Uh, the more, older I get, the more I forget. Yeah. So, you know, you we're, we're in the business of always on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, these guys have beat me up over this over the years. It's like, Jason, you have to stop working. You know, you have to turn it off. I never can turn it off. And it's not because I, I consider myself a slave to the grind. I consider, I love mm-hmm. being creative. And if I come up with an idea, I need to share it with somebody. Immediately. Yeah. He needs to share it immediately. 2 a.m. Yeah, but 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 Whenever. here but here's <laughs> but here's the thing. It's it's not I want to do it because I want to brainstorm. Like I can execute it, but yeah. I, I need a lot I, I want help to get to that point and see if I'm missing something. So, you know, these guys are like, you know, these guys, these two guys, right? They don't even pick up their phone, you know? Yeah. So they sleep right now. It, 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 <laughs> Nikki will pick up the phone, but you know, she picks it up and you can tell she doesn't want to hear what I have to say. Right. Just like right, right out of the gates. She's, she's picking it up. She's be- in the bath. She's like, Oh Jesus. What? Yeah. You know, I'm like, look, I got this idea. Okay. Nobody gets excited. Like I get excited because I love the idea of being creative. To, to be in a business where you can do anything and you want anything you want creatively and you can are capable of doing it now, whether it's on stage or through a microphone, 
is the ultimate liberating freedom, you know? Yeah, and it's so fun. That's like creating something. I almost love the creation process and finding, you know, elevating it to the next level, the next level, and be like, oh, we could do that. And you get there and you're like, well, what about this? And, you know, you keep building on it. Mm-hmm. That's more fun than almost executing the final product. Yeah. You know, cause, I agree. Yeah. Cause I do, I do, I love the brainstorming. I love um, feeling stuck for a second. Feel like, ah, how are we going to feel this? Or how am I going to end this bit? There's, there's, there's this little, there's this dull period. I've worked it out. And then all of a sudden you get it mm-hmm. and it snaps. That's the most rewarding thing. I, I agree. Yeah. So, with that being said, your landlord mate uh, is, is not getting it. You know, you're, you're, he says something, you're like, give me a second. You yeah. go in your notes and your phone, you write down, it's like, you've got to turn it off. You've got to turn off every once in a while, but you can't and you never will. No, I, no, I never, no, I can't. I, I would feel like I'm. Like you're giving up. Lazy. I feel lazy, but I, I would almost feel like I, I, I don't, like I'm hiding myself. Diminishing yourself. Yeah. And I'm like, no, this is, if I have a minute. I, I've got this idea and I'm excited about it. I'm going to live in that moment right there and figure it out. I don't want to, I don't want to play normal. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I couldn't agree more. So is everything, um, everything is, 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 is a bit in your head. Like you're thinking all the time. Mm-hmm. So when you have those moments with your landlord mate and it, it's supposed to be serious and intimate and maybe even romantic and you're like, Whoa, wait a minute. I can't believe you just said, that. I got to write this down. Yeah. Does that create an issue with that relationship? Sometimes, sometimes I've he he's always like you're on you're you're on your phone all the time. I'm like I'm on my word docs. I'm like you know I'm I'm putting this bid down. I got this idea, um, but I think he's come to terms with it. I think he he's just used to it now. I think getting to go to Fallon and watching me rise to a new level does feel more exciting and now he's seeing the reward with it that not necessarily going to some, you know, just a normal best of show in Atlanta. He's gone to 62 times. Mm. Uh, So I, I, the more reward that has come from it, the better he feels about it. So I just had to keep that up. Is he older than you? (laughs) No, he's actually four months younger than me. Okay. So about the same age, but you're in that marriage window where, you know, which would create a, Kind of an issue with, you know, maybe possibly, especially, you know, you get knocked up and. Yeah, the the marriage. So the hard thing about this career, not necessarily marriage, but it's the whole kid aspect, mm-hmm. especially if you're a woman on the road. I mean, I want to I'm I forever want to do comedy. I, I, I will die if I can't do this. And being on the road, I can't take a kid with me on a plane. Oh, sure. You can, you can take a kid out on the road starting from scratch and he's a former rehab. Uh, For sh- yeah. Kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, why don't I just throw you in a therapy room right. instead of preschool? Yeah. That's gotta uh, be tough. You know, it like, is. I'm just kind of putting myself in your, in your house and how irritated this guy must get. You know, oh, I, I, I got lucky. <laughs> I got lucky with Rach. Like Rach gets what I do. Yeah. And and she cuts me a lot of slack, you know, and she understands how I tick. She's a one in a million chick. She's fantastic like that. But not everybody gets it. And so what about those intimate moments 
like, is everything a joke to you? Are you like going, oh, wait a minute, uh, we'll get to where we need to get to. I know you want to do this, but <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I'll write this down. Um, I will write something down very quickly where I do, I do a voice memo. You know, have you ever done your voice, voice recording yeah, in your yeah. phone? Do this, this, this. But I will say um, there is a thing like being in a in a green room at comedy and working this and working that da, 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 that you do realize when you're when you're not around comics all the time or, or you're not on you learn to appreciate a moment of slowing down and so i will give myself like a being in the moment kind mm-hmm. of thing yeah. i've purposely made myself focus on that sometimes but i mean is it once a week yes <laughs> but i'll give myself that minute to be in the moment and to to like feel like i'm just interacting with a, a normal person rather being in a with a comic and trying to riff each other off of the face of the planet uh but yeah i've learned the benefits of telling myself like connect with this person be in this conversation you don't have to you don't have to make a joke out of it and i've tried to be more conscious of that because i do think that it makes you a more relatable person to people that aren't comics yeah oh no i I get where you're coming from i you also strike me as a girl that hasn't cried in 12 years Twelve years. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're very sure. <laughs> like I got the comedian to spit up her water, whatever's in her cup. <laughs> uh, you just strike me as a very confident, independent woman. Yeah, too independent, probably. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I um I don't know the last time I oh yeah I left my phone on the plane and I had to get to a show and I was like if you, I, I just need my f-. and I think it wasn't like I actually wanted to cry but I was like if I cry in front of this woman she will run faster to go get my phone <laughs> <laughs> so you can't count that it's not a legit cry <laughs> but yeah I am a really good actor uh, that's good out of out of all Got your the phone quick, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. out of all the good fun things that you're doing on the road what's the hardest part about being out there that you run into i do so literally right now because there's so many flights that are delayed all the time all my fl- i book 6 a.m flights 5 30 6 a.m yes flights. that's smart so uh it's a lot of finishing a show at 11 o'clock getting back at midnight and waking up at four three four so really just the logistics of traveling early the and then going back sleeping and then being tired but also I, I like my, I'm kind of, I'm pretty disciplined and I don't, I don't ever do a set just to go through the motions of a set. I always want to have stuff I'm working on, even if sometimes it's one, two punchlines, bigger shows. I'm like, all right, here's three new bits I'm throwing out. But I always want to write before a show and consciously sit there and be like, here's the things I'm going to work on. Da, 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 da. I'll go back, listen to a recording of a previous show. So it's, it's being able to, uh, even then when you're dog tired, put your brain in that creative mode to, to like work out stuff. Because you're, you're, you're tired. You're tired of shit. And I'm like, I'm to the point, like I'm, I'm on the road, but, uh, I'm not a weekend comic where I'm at one club Thursday through Sunday. I'm Pittsburgh, Tuesday, Philadelphia, Wednesday, mm. 
you know, uh, St. Louis Thursday. So I'm traveling every day of the week. You've got to book, uh, you've got to check into a new hotel room every single every time. Day. Yeah. Do yeah. you have to book that or you got somebody that does it for you? I am, I got a manager who's booking the clubs. I am booking my own logistics. Uh, oh, they, the hotels are included in the club deal, but. So do, do you, oh, so they take care of your hotel. Yeah. Oh, so okay. I'm just doing, I'm just doing planes. And the, in the, during the day you just sit in that hotel room. Sit in a hotel room, right, and sleep. That's yeah. it. Wow, it's beautiful. Hmm. You like that? It drive me nuts. I gotta I, get outside, see the sunshine. I get it. No, you go. You walk out. You go to a coffee shop. But I have to make myself right. I got to. You gotta get. I gotta get to it. Yeah, you don't go to the gym. You don't go. I beach do. Or, I, do you know I go to a LaFit? <laughs> you know I'm up there at Crush. Yeah, <laughs> you know I'm doing my lunges in a LaFit. <laughs> I, I am successful. Okay, I got, I got this LaFit key fob over here. <laughs> I got an outfit for every day of the week, for just show. so people can see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like these women that go to the gym. What we, we work out? Uh, what do we work out, Nate? What's it called? Crush, crunch, crunch. 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 Yeah. Crunch. 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 There's a big, lot of them in Florida. No, there's none in Florida. There's not. There's one in. There's one in. Uh, Tampa. No, there's one in like because I looked it up because I'm getting you know I was just down there so it, it's uh, I don't know where they have one. It's purple, right? They no, have a hand. No, that's Planet Fitness. <laughs> it's like where you can join for ninety nine cents or something, and they don't oh. judge you. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one where they don't, they have the lunk alarm or the clunk alarm. Right, right, right. And they have classes where people, they just roll people over left and right. And that's their fitness class. And the guy teaching it has never taken the class, obviously. There's a ton in Florida, actually. Crunch? Yes, I thought so. I'd seen one in Tampa. I almost went to it because there was no. Yeah, there's like at least 40, if not more. I went on their app and they said they had none. (laughs) Oh, you weren't. You, in mu- Tampa. you must have been on Crush Fitness. <laughs> you, uh, you might, you might be right. Yeah. I, could, what? I could have actually been there. Uh, yeah. So you, you know, you, you got the the law fitness, and then you go out there, and you, you got to get out, and you got to do stuff. You know? Yeah, do I? I miss working. I haven't been able to work out that much because I, like, especially Oof. before Fallon, I told myself I was like, the only thing I'm doing is live, eat, and breathing this five minute set, and I haven't gone to the gym. And that's where you get the best material. I mean, the, the, gym? the people watching at the gym is fantastic. I know. Uh, shout out to the LaFitte and Ansley Mall in Atlanta, close uh. to Midtown. Uh, I've never not been hit on more in my life because all those men are not interested in women. And it, 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 it was the first time, it was the first gym I joined where there wasn't like a man trying to trying to personally train me. Oh, because they're all gay. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. No one's looking at me there. How, how do guys pick up women in gyms nowadays? Um, they go, um, hey. Well, first off, what do you wear to the gym? Uh, long leggings and then a, a cutoff t-shirt. Okay. Mm. So like a little crop top. Little crop top. Okay. So you're That's saying, you're, so you're there, you're like, you, your, your outfit screams, I'm in the gym. I don't really need to work too hard because I'm good. You can hit on me, but there's a good chance I'm going to say no. I'm going to laugh at you. Right. But so that's what you're screaming with your outfit, in yeah. my opinion. It's from yeah. a guy. Yeah, but like, I know what the hell I'm doing kind of thing. You know, I, I my explore page on Instagram is all weightlifting tips. One <laughs> <laughs> uh, and some horses. <laughs> no, they'll go, this is this is my favorite, is they'll go, the first thing they say off the bat is, hey, I'm I'm 
I, I, they put a disclaimer. They're like, hey, this is no, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything. He's like, I just, I'm just here to just really, to let you know I've seen you about, and you really, you're improving, and you look good. Seen you I've about? What is he, British? I've seen you about. Yeah, sorry. I'm I'm projecting. I'm so sorry. I, I she, wish I could be Hello dating. there, wench. I've seen British you man. about. Yes. Um, mate, mate, can I get your attention, mate? Um, they, yeah, they'll, they'll put a disclaimer that they're not trying to hit on you. Mm-hmm. And then they'll let you know that they've been watching you. And then they will let you know how good you look. Yeah. And then and then that's how they that's how they slide in and then the next day mm-hmm. they come in and they and then they try and give you some tips some form tips. Yeah, there's there's really no need for a strange man to talk to a strange woman at the gym unless right. he's hitting on her, right? I yeah. don't know. Do I, I don't go to the gym. Oh, yeah, sorry. but those are the guys that <laughs> live at the gym, though. <laughs> the guys that have their Tupperware in their bags. Yeah, and the yeah. shakers. And I, those are the people I'm like, go get some sunshine. Yeah. It's okay. You when is t- big? When is when are you going to be too big? When is it enough? So we had uh, we had a, an experience the other day at our gym. Rach and I are going in there, and, and we're in the little stretchy things. So I'm a big fan of stretching, and I bought her these. Um, these new balances for Christmas and they, you know, she likes the leopard print. So they're like leopard yeah. print on the bottom and then black. And there was this guy dressed, you know, you know, whatever, but he was getting some water and she goes, look, that guy's got the same shoes I have on. I was like, Oh, you nice. want to answer all of it. So, yeah. <laughs> so the guy walks past us and she goes, nice shoes. And she points out her feet and he goes, oh, that's all. And you could just, I could just see his face go, oh, she likes me. I could tell. It was just so obvious. And I'm watching this whole thing. Now, you have to be a pretty big fucking idiot not to realize that I'm with her. It's just, you just have to know. And he, Are you with, are you all doing the same machines? Are you swapping out? No, there's two different, you know the stretchy things that you get on and you put your feet right. up. And, so right. there's one right next to each other, maybe three feet separating us. Yeah. But you could tell that we're together. And he walks over and he's like, oh yeah, and he tells a story about his stupid fucking shoes. And Is he looking <laughs> at you too? Didn't even. No. Didn't. It, there, it was like the no. Berlin Wall was there. He, he couldn't see shit. <laughs> Not once. And I'm going, I'm here. You know, and I'm bigger than this guy. So I'm going, are you kidding me? Why? And then he gives her the pound. And I'm yes. like. Oh, you motherfucker. And then, and then, and so, and he continues to talk and nobody's talking to me. Not even my wife at this time. And so he leaves and she goes, that's crazy, isn't it? And I go, what the fuck just happened? And she goes, what do you mean? I go, that guy wants to bang you and you started it. And she goes, oh my God, no, I did not. I go, you can't in 2022 as an attractive woman, tell a man at the gym you like his shoes. I'm sorry. I know it doesn't sound fair, but that's the fact. That's the case. Your wife is probably like me, where we do enjoy human interactions and have we're so naive and oblivious to anyone hitting on us. I have, I have many a times 
like giving a guy my number and been like, yeah, sure. Give me some tips. Come out, check out my car. You know, like, like, like anything that any like little connection they can have to me. I do not pick up that they're hitting on me. And I'm like, this is a new friend of mine. What a beautiful (laughs) little friendship we've blossomed. And I bet she's like me where we, uh, just have so much hope for humanity that we think that people genuinely want to strike up, friendships with us and we have no idea that everyone else is uh is living life through their penis yeah but but the the flip side of that is you know it supposedly when it happens to the guy i've been you know i'm being told lately that all these women are hitting on me i'm like no they're not we're driving the other day and i honked because a car cut in front of me at the intersection and she i didn't even see she was like did you see that woman I'm like, no, she was eye-fucking you. And I'm like, what? We're in the interstate. What are you talking about? Oh, she was hitting on you. I know these things. I'm like, the guy at the gym wasn't hitting on you, but that woman that drove 60 miles an hour past us was hitting on me? You've got to be kidding me. Yes, that's it. I think you want to think that the opposite sex is, uh, well, I don't think guys want to think that the a woman is just being friendly. But you guys probably don't even, you, I think you become oblivious to it because you're just, I don't know. I don't know because maybe you've trained your brain to turn off from it. But, uh, I think women though, especially, especially, especially I got in trouble because I said on my first couple words on Fallon were especially, especially. That's right. Nikki can ask you a question. Trust me. Why people hate the way I say ask. What, well, what is it? I, I say X. X. And I got chopped and grinded so bad. Like, she can't even speak proper English. Okay, well, be, I'm like, that's that's just growing up. That's, exactly. That's, uh, hold on for a second. Exactly. Let's be honest. Don't lie to our guests. People didn't say that I said that. No. And it's social not, media slammed me. And that's, I read be, all the comments. Because I brought it up. No, and they I, did it on their own. And I brought it up only and stop saying this white people thing, you it's racist only woman. white people who white care Jason. that I say ass. But you know who told me that was a black man. He said that, you you know, I, I used to say it on the air and I stopped saying it. Some, a white guy told him, say, said people just don't like it. I was passing down information from my mentor, an African-American male, thinking that I'm bridging the gap between the two races. But no. Can't help out the black woman. No, yeah. just just let them have a little their their little con like whatever they want to. I don't understand what because I get in so much shit too for saying yeah. especially, and I'm like, why can't I bring a little bit of my background into my future? What's you know, your why money? can't I bring a little what, past? What's your background with especially? What does that mean? Just growing up with parents that would wash their yellow pilla. You oh, know that's what I mean? Me. Yeah. And, yeah. And especially, you know what I mean? Yeah. On a Sunday. You we, know what I mean? Like, like, that's, that's what we said. So in Mar- Can I just and, be and, a little bit of that in no. my present life? It, they but, don't want it. it but see, that's, that's different. Axe is different than Warsh. Like, I grew up in Maryland. How is that different? No, it, it's not. It's the same thing. It's not. It's Warsh. Because they're white. It's, right. You exactly, Nate. <laughs> if, I, if I say I'm going to wash my pillow after I eat this orange, you know, and drink some milk. Um, it's it's dialect from the geographic location. Axe is not dialect. It's dialect from, a, from my geographic location of being Warsh, black. It's Warsh, you're English. adding an R. Axe, you're adding an X. X. That's, well, that, when I, uh, that's not the point. The point is, <laughs> is that like people from other parts of the world speak differently, have different dialect, just like people from different parts of the country. 
Axe is not geographic. It's not a geographic location. It's, it's just cultural. Yeah, it is. It's lazy English. According to who? To, to me, I'm an Englishman. So a pillow isn't lazy English? No, that's dialect from my geographic upbringing. This sounds really good. Sunday? No, it doesn't. Sunday <laughs> is just taking out an A, and people are fine with that? Yeah, well... Axe is combining S and K into one. You're, yeah, but you're, you're into one letter, and you could almost argue that uh, it's being um, proficient. Well, proficient. You're, you're, yeah, you're one of those. Proficient. You're 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 getting too into it. I'm just saying the the basis is if you have a geographic dialect that you grew up with, that's almost heritage. You know, what I'm saying it's culture. Axe is not culture. It's my culture. No, it, it's like one of those trendy words that came out with, you know, Lil Boogie in 98, some rapper. No way. Yeah, that just starts saying Axe in one of his songs, and everybody's like, <laughs> oh, yo, let's say Axe instead. That's just how it's going to be. And then everybody sheep jumped on the Axe bandwagon. No. It, it's not like, oh, you know what? I'm from the deepest, darkest parts of North Carolina, and that's where we say ox. That's where it came from. It derived in 1854. It's the same as Southern people saying y'all, and people can't stand to yes. hear that. That's geographic dialect. You get away with y'all. I'm going to win the South now. You get away with the dialect. That's oh just how it gosh. is. What, what do you think about it especially? But you got to get it out of there. I love it. Just like actually. I love it. Be, just like actually? Actually. No one says actually. No, no just, one says that. I just made that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can even say that. <laughs> actually, actually, no one says that. <laughs> just one time I was having a stroke and I said it. <laughs> no, baby, actually, I think it's a stroke. I actually do. Um, well, I, in my argument, though, especially sounds like I'm saying it's extra Special. You're putting that extra special and right. especially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I said that. I think that was the word I said, just like you said it. And I said, my, my wrestling friend, Bubba Ray Dudley, jumped on me. Right. Goes, What'd you say? You know, it was New York. He's like, What'd you say? Was, especially. He's like, It's not how you say the fucking word. I was like, You know what? You're right. I've never realized that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But I never said it after that again. People act like you're an idiot if you say especially. <laughs> You know where I come from? Well, I think she's an idiot when she says axe. I like it. I mean, I what are you, like a lumber it. fucking jack? You it know? makes me feel a little good when you say axe. When I say axe? No, yeah. That's I that, love that's it. That's that white that's guilt right there. Thought. That's what no, she's it doing. Does. It, it, yeah. it is. <laughs> and I have it. And don't you feel good about that? <laughs> this is the white privilege side. That's the white yeah, guilt side. This, I, is, this yes. is the game of risk, the race version. Right, right. <laughs> Listen, I I lived in Old Fourth Ward for four years. Okay, ask me anything about my guilt because I have a lot of it. Uh, Nate, do you have any questions for uh, Catherine? Yeah, do you change your your set at all depending on like what part of the country you're in, or there you have different jokes, or you just kind of make it general enough where you can just kind of tell them anywhere? I m like to think most of my jokes are pretty general now. Well, I pander sometimes. Like, do, I have this joke about my parents being cousins. I honestly hate the joke. I say I never want to do it again. But from time to time, I've opened for Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah, okay, I'm going to do the joke if I'm opening for Jeff Foxworthy. Um, but those are, like, little bits. I have this joke about Gatlinburg. I would only really do in the southeast-ish region. Nobody knows about Gatlinburg is in Wisconsin, nor am I playing Wisconsin. But, uh there, there's certain bits that I may pander a little bit, but 
90% of my material is just me. Because with the hopes that you do this material on television one day, and, you know, that's And you want to get the bit of the bit. You know, like the Salt yes. Daddy is what you end on, right? Yes. Or you did on Fallon. Yeah, and which I had to, that was, a, you, that was a, you know, how you, creative process, you're, mm-hmm. you're changing. That was, I, the original ending to that bit, I could not do on Fallon. The original ending is, it, it's talking about playing kidnap mm. and be like, the worst part about playing kidnap is when your captor's like, Hey, actually I got someone else. Mm-hmm. So you're free to go. <laughs> and they were like, Hey, you can't say kidnap on NBC. And so I, I had to type out a, a by the way, this is the same network that's been running law and order for the past 24. Correct. Years. Correct. Yeah. But I couldn't, they also almost didn't let me say personality disorder. Really? Yeah. And I was like, come on. The, I mean, Everybody has one, mm-hmm. okay? You, you, you're whoever this lawyer is that told me I couldn't say personality disorder. Based off of what you're telling me right now, I can tell your kids probably have a personality <laughs> disorder. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I had I had I got it I got the set approved. I had I typed up a really cheesy and alternate ending, and then had a week to rewrite the bit. Is there really a Saul Daddy? Does he exist? Yes, and I I had not heard. I was so quite by, upset. By, by explain what, you don't have to do the bid, but ex- explain you're on a boat with your friends. and Right, we could not afford a luxurious charter boat, so we literally found a man on Craigslist, and he took us in, on his <laughs> pontoon boat out into the oceans of Fort Lauderdale, and his name was Salt Daddy. And there's a lot that happened, but essentially... By the end of the trip, he had uh, invited a bunch of his friends to meet us in the middle of the ocean. And we thought we were very sexy. And then turns out he wanted to go hang out with his Miami goddess friends with the butts that make you hungry for honey baked ham. <laughs> so, but I, I, I hadn't, I was like, I've, I have pimped this man out. Like I put him on my album. He's now in Fallon. How have I never heard of him? And then three days ago. Finally, somebody tagged him on my Instagram, and they were like, "Is this you, Ronnie?" His real name's Ronnie, uh-huh. uh, and he, has he responded to it? No, I'm waiting for him to DM me. But it's somebody's brought it to his attention, and I'm waiting. I'm wow, waiting he's that day. clueless to not know. I mean, you have hundreds of thousands of followers, and he still doesn't know. This man is taking bachelorette trips out on his pontoon boat out into the ocean in Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't think of anybody more off the grid mm-hmm. than Ronnie slash Saw Daddy. <laughs> that, isn't that crazy? It's like when, when, a, when, a, when a rock band or a band or an artist does a song about someone and they don't know that they did a song about them and then next thing you know, it's boom, it's huge. Yeah. Uh, My Michelle or, you know... Sherry or you know, whatever the case like is. He you think talking those are about an me? actual person? There's oh, my Michelle, Michelle is absolutely yeah from Guns and Roses. Michelle said, "This is about me." Yeah, Michelle was. Um, I think wasn't Michelle. Well, you guys aren't going to know. I think Michelle was Slash's girlfriend that Axel stole, and the recording on the album of the Moans are actually her, and he recorded it on a tape recorder. Oh, I think I'm talking about the right song. I don't know. But I know Michelle is, is is actually a person. Did she get a cut of that? Delilah's a person. Hello, Delilah. Yeah, she went to the damn award show with the guy, and in the from the what is it? Plain white tees. Is that the band that does Delilah? Thank you, Delilah, yeah. for for being the catalyst for the most annoying song <laughs> yeah. on the oh, face shit. of the planet. I just lost my microphone. Uh, yeah, so that's a real person. 
And I remember her showing up to the award show with, uh, with the guy and, um, and the, the, I think like somebody from MTV was like, uh, was like, Hey, uh, are you guys going to date? Are you guys dating or something? And she like turned him down. She's like, uh, yeah, we're just friends. I'm like, bitch, he just made millions of dollars off of his love for you. And you can't throw it at him just for one night. Like what? A no bitch. way. Take the award show. Yeah. Guest take, spot. And then take run. the high. Yeah. I don't know. There's a, uh, my equipment's breaking on you. Sorry about that. Well, that I hate that song. It's one of my most hated songs. Delilah. Mm. Yeah. Oh God. Is it awful? Jesus. It's. I kind of like it. I think it's very sexy and very clever, very creative. Oh, my God. I, I probably feel like I've never would... heard it. Uh, and Nikki, <laughs> do you have a question for Catherine when I try to fix my microphone? I guess another question that I, I would ask is I've heard you uh, say do that it again, you... Do it again. Do it again. Axe Yeah. That you kind of live, breathe comedy. Like, did this start for you as, like, a child? Did you, like, wake up and start saying jokes in the mirror? Absolutely not. Uh, I was I obsessed with attention growing up? Yeah. Yes. I was I a goofball? Yes. But I didn't I didn't like I wasn't a theater kid. I didn't grow up. I wasn't obsessed with stand up growing mm-hmm. up. Like I wasn't one of those we weren't one of those families that you know, watched SNL and my dad didn't have Carlin on the, the radio. All so this. what was your aha moment? I was in a sorority at the University of South Carolina, and this fraternity had this competition. Every sorority had to enter in a girl, and they had to do this talent show. And my sorority entered in me, and all the other girls would do a sexy dance or sing or something. Right. I didn't have any of that. I was like, why don't I do a monologue like I was Chelsea Handler for her show Chelsea Lately? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that was yeah, on the I air? Yeah, I remember that show. And I did it, and I wrote it like... I was roasting all the guys, the fraternity guys in the audience. And then we did a sketch with the pledge and it was like a talk interview and he mm-hmm. was Charlie Sheen and we wrote this whole thing. Da-da-da. I ended up winning and I was like, see, look, look, you don't have to do a strip tease to win, you, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I, I was obsessed and I was like, I think I just did stand up comedy. And so that was the bug I had in the back of my head. And then I didn't take, I took a stand up comedy class. I graduated college Moved three different states. By the time I landed in Atlanta is when I took a comedy class. I think I was 22 at the okay. time. Was going to take the comedy class as a bucket list thing. Not going to con- keep Continue doing it. Continue it. And then was obsessed with it. Quit my job. This is who you are now. Yeah. Uh, and First time this ever happens. Very embarrassing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm listening. My, my equipment's breaking. I can't, I can't put I the I just bought a screw. 2013 Honda Sonata yesterday. And nice. as I was pulling off a lot. Uh, I realized that the touch screen, do you know, like the little, they has like a little screen for XM radio. None of it works. And uh, I had a tail light out <laughs> and one of the tires is already flat. So no, you go ahead with your broken microphone. I'm not judging. <laughs> it just makes this experience so much better, doesn't yes. it? <laughs> I'm sitting there. I think he's got a legit question asking about aha moments. I'm sitting there going, star going star square going square and i think it's stripped and i gotta hold it up like a damn poor man something i've never told anybody is one time you're I, white no sorry. no so uh, i had a, a friend who uh he opened up for somebody for a comic show or whatever and he told me he said i may have to go back and and do a set because they thought i was good and i want you to come and open for me if i do it would Ooh. you do it Ugh. and i'm like Okay, so I literally had sat down and like wrote out this like five minute 
comedy thing. Mm. And I had gassed myself up like, I'm going to get on stage and I'm going to make people laugh because people tell me I'm funny all the time. It's horrible. But I never got to do it. Oh, it would have been bad. Yeah. It would have been so bad. It would have been so horrible. Your friend's a bad friend for asking you to do that. I'm going to let you know for real, for real, for real. You guys are horrible at encouraging no, people. Look, no, this you're is, just not funny. Huh, it I felt like I wrote something good like for for years. I'm telling <laughs> you, horrible. You would have found out if you wouldn't have gone and done that. You might not have been here right now. Yeah, you, you would probably never have wanted to look another human being in the you eyes. Probably would have committed that. suicide. It, no, I didn't yeah. say that, I did, but I yeah. said you probably maybe were like, why don't I get an IT job in a closet somewhere where I never have to talk to anybody yeah. again? Maybe I'll just be a coder. Yeah. Like you would not have ever wanted to look you wouldn't want to come out in society after that because yeah. it would have been Nate. bad because you your first time is gonna bomb oh, it's gonna Nate, be really bad it's not gonna stick Nate. up for you yeah. tell these people i'm funny no, no you oh, might she's hilarious you Thank might you. be funny you might be funny <laughs> on the couch with your friends or, with or, a couple cocktails or in conversation there's a difference between yes. being funny and on stage very much so. I, know, I think that, I could have done Nick, it. nikki's a funny storyteller uh, maybe not one-liners but she's a better storyteller i think Listen, there is there is a difference you, from delivering it on stage than than with your friends. I'm not I'm just not saying you couldn't have got there. You could have gotten there. But you're gonna bomb your first time and it's gonna hurt really, really, really bad. It's gonna He suck. did good his first time. If, let me let me tell you something make you feel better. Okay. So over the years, you know, as the radio mic monkey, you go out there and introduce the, the comics or if they're on a bigger stage, hard rock house of blues, so on and so forth. I've had to do that numerous times in my career. This is why I always say the stand up stage is the hardest stage because people expect you when you're on that stage to be funny. Yeah. You can't go up there with dialogue or lecture. I mean, you have to be funny. All right. There's a lot of pressure. Uh, and I'll give you one example. Um, Kevin Smith, you know, the director clerks, he, his family lives in Orlando. Every time he would come in town, Nate got high with him at the, the dumpster at the radio station. He would come into my show, and, and Kevin and I developed a relationship. And uh, he and Jason Muse, this was like the early days of podcasting, and they were doing their smodcast at the Hard Rock. And it's pretty much a comedy show because they're, they're comedians for the most part. And he says, hey, man, I want you to, to, to open for it. I mean, that was his exact words. I want you to open for us. I want you to come out there for about 15 minutes and open for us. Right? What did you do? And I don't get nervous about much. And I can work a crowd and all that good stuff. I went out there, and I was terrified, Nikki. You know, and I didn't write anything out. This was just all ad-lib improv. But I got to tell you, I crushed. I did so well. Your first time. I was no, this wasn't my first time, but I was. But that's what I'm saying. It's intimidating. Now, so you went out and you did a great job, but I can't do a great job. Hold on, because you're not me. But I'm just saying, if you were a white woman, you'd be funny. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) They're all jokes. They're all jokes, right? Bullshit. Yeah, that's it. Thank you, Rach. My microphone uh, broke, Bay. So anyway, now were you doing stand up or was it people? First, also question: Did people know who you were when you were out there? Uh, yeah, for the most. I mean, not everybody, but I mean, they for the knew most who part. he was. He was a big time radio personality. That no, that no, changes yeah. the game. Well, it, if they know who you are, yeah. But see, here's the thing: is whenever I've done, um, been on a stand, I, I don't want to say I did stand up because I, I I didn't do stand up. I I I did I told stories with 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 a lot of embellishment and inflection, and uh, did you tell stories about people that they knew? 
Now, I told stories about myself, you know, of my personal life, and then I would work the crowd. Um, I would pit them against each other. I'm very good at doing that. All right. You know, so I, I can. I you can, had some skills then. I do. I currently do as well. <laughs> <laughs> I still do. I still got them. I made you laugh. You spit out your water. Just because I'm not being bossed around by a radio company doesn't mean I still got... It's not like they took away my my powers or anything like that. Uh, Everything went out the window when your microphone fell to the ground. I know. My wife's now trying to... She's my engineer. She's trying to fix it for me. There was another... uh, I'm just messing with you, Nikki. I'm sure you would have done a great job. What was your material? Let's let's think about it. Well, so... um, I'll give you another example. Uh, this was actually way before the Kevin Smith thing. There was the uh, Last Comic Standing tour. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily the last comics that stood that were on this tour. They were more or less like the last comics that they could get a hold of. They weren't very funny. And they were performing at this weird venue where it was kind of a makeshift stage. It was It was very odd. And again, they asked me, they said, hey, go out. You know, I, I was being paid to go out there as a radio personality promoting the show. That's all I was being paid to do. And they didn't really expect me to go out there and do much. Um, nobody really gave me any direction. But I went out there and I ended up, I think, doing like 30 minutes of just crowd work. And I remember talking about, the, the, it started It started out with, it's, this is a pain in the ass, isn't it? Yeah, it's not going in the hole. Oh, I, I thought I just thought you were thinking about him talking heard that before. for thirty minutes, <laughs> asking him questions, and you're like, "Oh, I feel hear, their pain." I heard nothing he just said. <laughs> Story of my life. Uh, but it, it started like the whole the thirty minutes started. It wasn't on purpose. That they're like I have a soft spot in my heart for elderly women. Like I love elderly. I'm so attracted to them. Like my wife, who's trying to fix my microphone right now, she gave me a hall pass for like how elder. Betty White oh, yeah. or Judge Judy. Oh, this is Betty White breathing. So I, I could have a hall pass if any of those two women were interested, which is so cool. And so uh, there are these elderly women that were in the audience, and I wanted to talk to them. And they, my grandmother was my rock growing up. She was my everything. And she, her purse was her pocketbook. That's what she called her pocketbook. And my grandmother's purse, just a normal-sized purse, but it was like a clown car. Mm-hmm. If you needed something, it was in it. Mm-hmm. And so I was asking these women, you know, I was telling them about my grandmother and I was asking, you know, what's in your purse? Because it's like after 70, you know, you collect uh, saltine crackers and, and, and napkins and, yeah. and wipes and all this stuff. And they start pulling out everything I was naming. And it, it was great. And I was like, it's, I go, isn't that crazy? Was there a condom in there? No, no condom. I, I didn't, I didn't go blue because it was just so funny. I go, now here's the kicker. And this was the thing that you, I knew I could always go to grandma's as a kid if I was hung, if I were hungry. Saltine crackers are great, but to have a nice fresh biscuit that she would wrap in a napkin, she would take from the dinner table at Ponderosa, and she'd put it in her purse. And it didn't matter how long it'd been in her purse, it would always stay fresh and hot. And the lady, she reaches in her purse, and she pulls out, she'd like taken something from the restaurant that they went to the, like before. She's like, yeah, I got some food. I took it with me. I was like, I win. Eruption. <laughs> it was great. It was, it yeah. was, it was just, and I ended up doing that, you know, not like that bit for forever. And I just kept going to different people and, and so on and so forth. So yeah, that's what I think too. I think yeah. we just wasted our time. So, all right. Thank you, babe. Appreciate it. So. Um, that's genius. Thank you. 
Holly, love you. What would you have done if there was no biscuit? Oh, I, in my head, that's what I'm always playing. I'm like, okay, what's my backup when I'm... So so I would have been like, okay, no biscuit, but let me tell you, you know, and then just go into detail. Yes. So, you know, I subscribe to, not at that time because I, I wasn't aware of it, but today I describe, I uh, subscribe to the Vince Vaughn style of comedy. So if I'm telling you a story, I'm going to repeat a buzzword that I think is funny and funny, uh, funny over and over again. You know, a couple years ago, you know, I host this tennis tournament here in Atlanta and I was telling a story on the radio about a cheese plate because I kind of watched what I eat and what they were feeding the workers was not very good or healthy. So I had to bribe this company to make me a cheese plate every day and they'd make me a cheese plate. So I'm telling a story, but I'm saying cheese plate over and over and over again. These guys in the room got it. They thought it was funny. Certain people in the room didn't understand what I was trying to do. Still to this day, people ask me about that fucking cheese plate <laughs> because I kept saying cheese plate, you know? So it's just like little cheese things. Plate. I'm nowhere near the level you're at or, or anything like that, but no, I, I find, I find. I've never made a grandma pull a biscuit out of her purse yet. And boom. the day I do, mm -hmm. I'm going to send you a picture. But those are all true stories. She'd also, hence the reason why my studio is called the Golden Scissor Studio is after Graham. She would carry this pair of golden scissors. I mean, they weren't like real gold, but they're gold colored. It must have weighed 12 pounds. I mean, it, it was, they, they were heavy. They, they were pure metal, right? And she would use them to cut her whiskers. And when she would cut her whiskers, they would, it was like shrapnel because they were, they were old ladies. Sink. Yeah. They, yeah. You'd see them stuck in the wall or something yeah. like that. Get one in your eye. So, but their purse didn't weigh as much as the scissors. It was amazing. Like the purse was this scientific or sci-fi entity thing that it just everything was in it, but you could never feel the weight of it. Do you think you just saw her as a magical person? Yes. Yeah. She's, she's my unicorn. Right. You know, I'm right. into corns, big into corns. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Me too. Me too. Love corns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you're a horse girl. I know. Yeah, I, I want to go around. I want to find, there is a whole, I think that there's a unicorn out there somewhere. You used to travel with Barnum and Bailey Circus back in the day. An actual one? Yeah. Well, it was a horse with a thing Deformity? strapped to its oh. head. But yeah, as, as a kid, I thought it was a unicorn. <laughs> I, I know that there's a real one out there at some point. And it's probably just a horse with a growth yeah. of some sort. And it's going to die soon. But I'm going to find that dying unicorn. <laughs> you're you're going to be in the woods one day and you're going to look one way and you'll be like, holy shit, is that Bigfoot riding a unicorn? Yes. No fucking way. Yes. Oh my God. It's just a horse that had a pine crone just <laughs> into it. Its head, it just somebody abused it. That's my unicorn. Well, we'll always remember Catherine Blanford as the guest that was here when my microphone uh, permanently broke, and I gotta yeah. find a way to fix it. Um, before we wrap this up, I want to talk about your podcast. Um, it is is called Cheaties, right? Yeah, the Cheaties podcast. Right, it's you and uh, another female comic. Yep, yeah. uh, that's all we call her. I'm just kidding. Her name is. <laughs> <laughs> FC and is what guest, we call her. Female comic, comedian, uh, Lace Larrabee. She's in Atlanta too. It's called Cheaties. Uh, it's a play on the word Wheaties. Yeah. Uh, and it's our, we interview people about cheating stories. Cheaters, wow. cheaties, third party, third guest, fourth guest sometimes. Cheaty, turn cheater. Wow. All of it. The whole gambit. More guys or girls? More. Girls 
but we do have a good bit of guys. More girls are cheating on the guys? No, more girls tell the story about being cheated on. Oh, being on. cheated on, yeah. Um, usually with guys, they are, it, it's an interesting story, and there's there's always gray area with the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you get them? They call in. They enter, they, they. What do you mean they call in? You have a live podcast? We have a, no, we have a, a uh, hotline. We hotline. have a voicemail. That's yeah. it. And they, we go, don't tell us the story. We want to hear it live. Tease it. We'll go give us the bullet points. Don't tell us how it ends. And then some people usually leave a five minute voicemail and tell us the whole thing. But have uh, you been cheated on? Yeah, that's we started it. Oh, that comic I was talking about that I dated before. Uh-huh. I um, was dating him. Lace had been doing a bit on stage about being cheated on and how she caught him and went through his phone. And then he was taking a nap one day, and I didn't have anything to do. His phone was sitting right there, and I had had a list in my phone of all the, his possible passwords that I would watch him type in. <laughs> Just we by the sound of the keypad. I was like, that sounds like a four. That's two, two. That seems like a repetitive button. So it's either two, two or one, one. So I'd had this list for a while. And I was like, well, it's time to put it to use. So I started guessing. I went through it. I was going through it for a minute and there were some sketchy things, but I was, I almost didn't see it. And then at one point I saw a girl who invited him to Thanksgiving and then she said, I usually don't invite one-night stands to Thanksgiving. No, but no, <laughs> no, no, no. So where did you go in the phone? Did you go? What, did you find it? Because most people are smart. If they're going to cheat, they're not going to keep it in their text messages. They'll have it like a WhatsApp, uh, you know, right? They, they won't keep it in their text messages. You think he didn't keep it in his text messages? That was the thing that insulted me the most, is that it was just so openly there. Oh, okay. And I was like, you're not even trying. Uh, and uh, I was like, you don't think... So that's how you knew that that he was cheating because this girl (laughs) asked him to Thanksgiving for sure. Yeah. And then I, and then, but then I continued to scroll back up and she's like, you left your underwear here. And then she did that emoji with the winky and the tongue out. Oh yeah. And, and then she a comic. No, but I do. This was okay. Here's my favorite question on the podcast. And, um, I'll tell you why my answer is what it is. I, uh, texted lace after that. And I was like, I I pulled a lace Larrabee. I, I, you know, I sent this, I screenshotted everything and I sent it to me and then you don't want him to know yet. So you go back and you delete the messages and then you have to go delete the deleted, etc. cetera. Um, as soon as I sent it to her, she had like very fine details about her and the text messages. Mm. And within four minutes, she was like, this is where she works. This is her previous employee. This is her address. This is where her daughter goes to school. <laughs> wow. And so we looked her up and she looked, she looked like, she looked like me, but... 20 years older Ooh. and like life had been rough. Yeah. Do you know? Tires kicked. Yeah. Tires kicked. Right. So our favorite question at the end of the podcast, we, we, we said, give us some advice. Are you better off now? Da, da, da. We went on an inspirational note. And then the last bit we go, okay, are you team hotter or notter? If you're cheated on again, yeah. do you want the person that your significant other cheats on you with to be hotter than you or notter hotter than you? Yes. And my answer is always notter. Cause Oh, Damn it, did it feel good to see this busted woman and then send her a video of myself and be like, hey, I uh, I was his girlfriend, you know, and, and I, and I look, it wasn't her fault, but I let her know. She knew he had a, a girlfriend. Yeah. Um, well, see, here's and- why, here, here's the theory on Hotter. Um, because you, what happens is it, it's so much gratifying, satisfying. Karma comes back yes. and bites them. So that person that might be Hotter or better looking, within a very short period of time, they age like a president, right? Something happens. They put on an extra 10 on the hips. 
they lose an arm. Yeah. You know, they, they have a stroke. They, something happens to that person every single time. Like go, go look through your Facebook friends from high school that were the hot people and they were so in their dicks or whatever. They're like 300 pounds missing toes. Or they're just not going to hang around with your significant other for that long. Yeah. If they're that much hotter than your significant other, they're they're using you for a stepping stone. Yeah. Or for financial Is that the only reasons. time you've been cheated on? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I did I did cheat on my boyfriend in high school. Um slut. I know, but he got back on me um by hooking up with Jennifer Lawrence. That is a true story. Oh, the real wow. Jennifer Lawrence? The real one. You went to high school with Jennifer <laughs> Lawrence? Fake one. No, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, where she's from. She had since moved to New York, but her cousin was our age. She would come back and come home for the summers or, or visit. Was the she summers. a big deal at the time? No, no, no one knew who she was. And then, and so my boyfriend was mad at me for kissing somebody else. And so he hooked up with Carrie's cousin. That's all she was back then, Carrie's cousin. But I always remembered Carrie's cousin because it because the next day after he told me he hooked up with her the next day she had this big write-up in the Louisville newspaper this feature article about her about how she was um in do you remember Jennifer Love Hewitt's show The Medium yeah yes she was in that she was a ghost I was like I wish she would have stayed a ghost ghost bitch (laughs) and uh and then I would follow her and then she was like Bill Ingvall's daughter in his sitcom and I was like okay this doesn't seem like the biggest deal maybe she'll fade And then at some point, my friends were like, hey, remember that girl that you always ask us if we know who she is? Well, she's going to be on the show, uh, this movie called The Hunger Games. It's like big. And I was like, sounds lame. <laughs> and she kept getting more famous. And I remember, I remember my friends, and it was so painful. And my friends, remember when she fell up the steps of the Oscars? Yes. And they were like, didn't that feel so good? Like, didn't it, was it fun to watch her fall? I was like, no, because now she's America's sweetheart. <laughs> now, you know, she, she falls. Oh, she's clumsy. She's just like us. Now America loves her even more. Look, she eats pizza and she gets drunk and now she falls. <laughs> and I just, I had no, no winning shot. So yeah, I've, one I've had the, my own karma. One of these days you'll be able to tell her that story. And she won't give a shit. No. She'll be like, I have no idea who you are. It's I, a bit, well, no, it depends on your status at that time. Like true. if you guys are both in the green room waiting to go out and you're going out before her, <laughs> you know, one of those types of things. You're like, I got a story to tell you. She's going to yeah. care. Now, if you run into her at a Starbucks, she's not going to care. She's going to be like, no, thank you. I don't, no autographs at this time. No, thank mm-hmm. you. That's the worst when you tell a celebrity something personal and it just doesn't fall the way you want it to fall. Yeah, and he's really good at doing that. He embarrassed <laughs> himself to Ice Cube, so yeah. Ah. He's the expert. Oh, that was the least of my embarrassments. <laughs> I don't even think I embarrassed. How many times have you embarrassed yourself in front of Ice Cube? I, I did not. She's saying that because... You definitely did. I, I rapped for him um, because I'm a rapper. Look at her face. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I grew up in the gangster rap generation, so... It wasn't Ice Cube. Was he in... NWA. He was in NWA. Yeah. And you thought... And you thought... You said, NWA, wait till you hear this. Well, no, I said you were such an influence on my rap career that hasn't blossomed yet. Right. This is (laughs) Jason from Roswell, Georgia. Well, uh, yeah, Lil J. Lil J. (laughs) Well, no, it wasn't wasn't Jason's rap song either. It was, he was rapping his own songs back to him. (laughs) And you, and, and this man looked around and he was like, I've, I have fought so hard in my career to not have to do this anymore. How? Why am I still sitting here in front of this white man? 
having to listen to him rap at me. I don't think and he keep a street keep I, a straight face. Actually, I've worked too hard in my. I've 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 found too many child criminals. What what's the show he's on? <laughs> oh, to catch a predator. <laughs> no, is Ice Cube? No, is that Ice Tea? No, no that's, that's Ice Tea. That's Law and Order. Yeah. Wrong one. Together, they're a delicious <laughs> drink that's very cold. The, but the, he's fought too hard. So I, I, he shouldn't have to do this. This is why Beyonce doesn't do interviews anymore because people like you who would sing <laughs> oh, I independent womp survivor back to her. And she's like, I'm not doing this with Stacy anymore. So, I, I don't have to do these interviews. So here's the thing. I think you're looking at it totally wrong. Uh, I've done this twice and it wasn't in, it was on oh, the to phone. Him? Yeah, to him. And so uh, both times it went over so well. Horribly. And, and the thing is, is, if I'm Ice Cube and I see this this guy that grew up with his music, doesn't matter what race I am because I don't hear color, and and you would think that he would Here's be X. like he mm-hmm. would he would think that like I made such an influence on the suburban child um, that and, and he's good like that's the best part about it. It's like I wasn't bad. I don't think. He, he gave you a five out of ten. That, that's not <laughs> good. <laughs> that's so beyond failure. And I don't think he was doing it to be like, you know what? We got to change these suburban kids. We're doing this. NWA, we're fighting for the suburban kids. You want to hear it? We're fighting. We're fighting for the white kids in the cul-de-sacs. This yeah. is what we're doing this for. Yeah. You want to hear it? Absolutely not. I'm really... Yeah. It's You're, too early in the morning. I that's what Ice Cube said too. I, I, yeah. I, I will tell you give this. Give me, give me one bar. Well, I can't stop at just one bar. Um, I, I here's the thing. I'm not going to do it for you because you, you did not want to hear it. I will tell you that, and I'll text you this later. You're missing out, and and, and I'll make a meme. And, and I, if the only way I'd want to hear it <clears throat> is uh, through a camera watching Ice Cube listen to you say it. <laughs> Oh, I could probably actually he was just in town not that long ago for his big three. He, I'm surprised well, he didn't hit me up on my. Well, why don't you do it right now? We'll put it on TikTok and tag him, and maybe he'll duet it with you. Oh, yeah. very cool. Okay, I wish I had the beat. I'm sure you could probably put it under me, right? N- Nikki, drop a beat. I, I mean, I can do it <laughs> acapella. Yeah. Too far. Go. <laughs> All right, here we go. I, I gotta, I gotta get in the. You want me to hold your microphone? Okay. Here we go. To the people over here, to the people over there, to the people, the people, the people from everywhere watching this show, paying top dollar because they know when I'm on the stage, I'm in a motherfucking rage. Yo, Dre, what up? Why don't you get the 12 gauge? Let's show them how easy does it. You punks want to make something of it? Get up, run up, stand up. What's up, sucker? You want some of this? Then you a stupid motherfucker. Kick it like the kick from a kick drum. Yellow boy on the drum getting dumb. Program it. No, I've had enough. That's and good. Like you were into I, it. You I, can tell. I want, and I want, I was into it, but I want, you heard this, right? You started, you started rapping yeah. in your Roswell basement mm-hmm. and your King Charles dog. <laughs> Did you hear it? Yes. Your King Charles dog sighed. He goes, doing it again. and his dog went, mm. yeah, Max is like, not again. God. You're, you're purebred. <laughs> King Charles, King Charles dog who has a sweater on, by the way, in sync sweater, in sync sweater on went mm. <laughs> bar two, bar two. He went that, not again. That actually, that fat fat's upstairs. That's tunes. Tunes, oh, okay. is, tunes is learning how to snore like fat fat. <sighs> yeah. We have we're, we're the family with the the weird names for the dogs. We have fat fat. Well, his name's Max uh, by birth. His name's Max, but we call him fat fat, and that's Petunia, and we call her Tune Tunes. 
and that's King Henry, and uh, he's hen dog. And then yeah. Mr. Milton's the grumpy one upstairs. He's Milton. He bites your ankles. Yeah, Milton. Uh, I would love that. Yeah. Well, they've had it with you, and, uh, <laughs> and I support it. <laughs> so it was good. It it, it they, I, it's, I, it's hard to say. What I meant by that yeah. is I love your spirit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so next time you're at the punchline and you're like, man, yeah. I need a, I need somebody to really get this crowd working. Uh, let me give Jason a buzz, little Jay. Here's what I'll say, and I would love for you to come up and do that because a lot of comics don't like to follow somebody that bombs, but I do because mm-hmm. then the bar is set solo mm-hmm. and then and then I just blow it out of the water. So I would love nothing more than for you to come up and do that mm-hmm. because I like a challenge and I do like to come up to silence oh. and see if I can build my way out of it. Okay. Well, you out. you know, you'd have to probably kick me out. I mean, the guy in the back with the light, he's going to have to flash it a few times because I might do the whole album. And uh, and I'll self edit with the n words. You'll be doing it in the punchline, which is the bucket of bucket. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. it's it's they're not only white, but they are they are old and white. Yeah, I know. They're still the people that were mad at their kids for listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> They'll probably want to ground you after listening to you do that. <laughs> uh, Brandon, do you have a question for Catherine? Where are you at? Oh, uh, yeah. The side of your head looks real nice. That's really all I can see. I feel like uh, someone just died in a TV show and it's just like panning out. Is well, this, are you getting mad at me for saying you look like you were in a male, male locker room in an LA Fitness? No, no, I've never been in there. So, I mean, Brandon and I were just talking, at least the angle that we have is from above. So it looks like uh, we've died on the operating table and we're floating away. <laughs> well, I can, I can change the, I can change the, the camera. Watch this. Watch this. I can change the camera. Well, yeah. What are you oh. looking Where do you want me to do? What do you want me to look at? Look up to the sky in that corner up there. You're fine. No, no, no. Oh, hold on. Is this you guys? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Why hold on. would he give you that one? Hold on. No, 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 no. Oh, cause it's on you. No, 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 no. Let's let's get you a different camera angle, not that one. And then, did you guys hear the dog sigh? I don't, how audible was that? There you go. So you can now, if you want to poke in your head there. Oh, there, there we go. go. There oh, we go. Does Wait. it all make What's sense? What did I look like? What did I sound like? I looked like. Um, you sounded like like what? Wait, sounded like you look like. Yeah, she said, "If you can't see her, what did you? What did you think she looked like?" Uh, well, I was thinking her left side of the face looked pretty normal, and then the right side probably just kind of drooped off a little bit, oh. but she looked pretty symmetrical. Oh, gotcha. Jesus Christ, where are you from? <laughs> they, these are the kind of people that you walk around Noonan. with. Yeah, he's, that, that's why, yeah, he's Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. He's, uh, I actually get it, he's a tax write-off for the show. Right, right. <laughs> he's, he's our make-a-wish. <laughs> <laughs> Every day we, we let him say one thing like that, Oh, your left side of your face looked good, but your the right side looked a little too droopy for me. Well, you can tell he's from Georgia because I said you have a question for Catherine, and he still hasn't gotten to it yet. Correct. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so when you do a Netflix special, what venue do you want to do it in? Ooh, good question. Um. Oh God, I don't know. I think I want to do it like real, like sticks. Like I would want to go down to Bardstown, Kentucky. Oof. And do and do some like bourbon, like one of the the bourbon distillery. Rooms well, that'd probably be a good 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 place to do. They do a lot of comedy at those like breweries and stuff now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that my dad's from Bardstown, and I would want to go do it. I, I do. I talk a lot about my family. It's yeah, it's it's worse than Noonan. And uh, are you friends with your family? No, actually, not. No, yes. Yeah, like my you, dad's one of ten. One of ten dads. 
some of them are dads, correct? Some of them are moms. He has 10 children. Or oh, he, I mean, 10 brothers and sisters. Oh, I thought you meant you had 10 fathers. You just didn't know which one was yours. I think I know which one mine is because he's an asshole and I'm an asshole, so that works. Okay, none so of, you none s- of us have cried. So you still have a relationship with your family? No. Yes. Yeah, okay. I do. Don't really talk to my dad, but talk to his side of the family. And they're all farmers. Oh, okay. What about mom? She's dead. Thank you for bringing that up. Not a problem. I apologize. That's very, very sad. Um, Actually, no. It, um, it, You know, it fueled my comedy. You know, you're just like, well, you could die at any moment. Yeah. Or you're close to your stage. mom and then she passed. Yes. It, it kind of sparked you like, I got to do something with my life. Yeah. Did you, you, so you, did you not listen to my Fallon set though? I did. I'm just setting you up so you could say it. Oh. That's what a good interviewer does. Okay. Got yeah. it. Got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She passed. And uh, so I get to still talk to, about her on stage all the time. And she was very funny. So she was probably the one that sparked my humorous tone. What are, you got a big family? Only two brothers, and they one lives in Alaska, one lives in Utah, and they live off the land. No Blanford kids have lived the standard get a job, get a home, have a 401k life. You'll never hear that ever again in your life for those that are listening. One lives in Alaska and one lives in Utah. Yeah. Those words will never be spoken by anyone ever again. That's Why? crazy. Just It's just two oddest places. You know, it's, it's crazy. My dream one day, because they, all they do is extreme stuff. Like they go uh, down ice caves and spelunking and yeah. they hike up mountains and like ski the back side of a mountain, fresh powder. My dream is to have a show one day where it's some kind of comedy slash extreme sport combined something. So like you lo- drink a lot of Red Bull and laugh? Like, what do, you, what do you, I don't no, understand. This is, I don't know. I don't you're know. You're going to tell comedy on a motorcycle while you're jumping across fire? I think so. You're, I don't know. I got to do an ollie on your vision skateboard and that's tell a joke. I, that's all I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see if I can do a, I want to do a, a, a comedy show on a rafting the, the five, what is it? What's the rapids? The five, is the five the worst? So you want to do something extreme and involve comedy. It's funny. Yes. Comic, I don't know what that is though. Comedy is very much like sports, right? The sports world is always, they just can't do sports. They're like, okay, and and I kind of understand it because people want something more. So you're like, let's tie sports into the pop culture. Let's tie sports into this. Comedians are the same way. Like, we can't just go do comedy. Let me open up for Kiss. You know, Craig Gass. You know, it's like, oh, I've got to, I've got to involve rock and roll. I'm going to go do a festival. Well, at some point, it gets a little mundane. You know, you you did the stage, doing an hour on the stage in the clubs for a while, and you're like, let's shake it up. I don't think comedy and and rock and roll they go together, but they 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 don't work at the same time. No, I my friend, my co-host on Cheaties Lace was just on America's Got Talent, and I was like, they shouldn't have America's Got Talent on that show because. Every other act on that show. It's not from America. Well, that, <laughs> number one. But the act before her was a, was a rock band. They had pyrotechnics. They had a light show. They had a band next to them. They had a co- costume changer. Streamers coming down from the sky. Right. right? And then afterwards, it was just her doing her se- Just her and a microphone mm-hmm. with with a background. Yeah. And they and they she it didn't go. Simon buzzed her, and he was like, I wasn't getting the crowd reaction. I mean, because she didn't have a... She had a rock band and a pyrotechnics and a stage that they built so she could walk up and pump her crotch in front of the the judges' faces <laughs> pump her and crotch. shit. You know, like 
But that's why that's why I say comedy. This the comedy stage is the hardest stage to stand on. Yes. You know, you have to go out there and. You know, a lot of these comedy shows, I knew a lot of people that were on that last comic stand in when it first started and and it was they would tell me this is very political. And you were the, the winner was picked before it even started. Oh, the producers know. They, yeah. it's, it's the person with the story and it's the person with the, the material and the and the look that they that they need to fill a niche for mm-hmm. right in that, you know, and yeah, it's all it's all predetermined. And the same with America's Got Talent. I mean, you have to win over Howie Mandel because for some, I guess, in, on that panel, he's the comedy um, god. Yeah. And so he's going to, if he likes you, then you've passed the test. And oh, so, yeah. I mean, if now, you start out with one good joke, you got him. Yeah, and when, then it was Simon. Simon hates stand-ups. But it's whatever. I mean, the show, fine. If you like it, fine. It's, it's all fake and whatever else, but... Again, comedy also is very subjective and opinionated, and it's not for that show who they need light, fluffy, mm. you know, middle America stories, and it doesn't fit there. But it's saying in the same vein as, like, a stand-up, it's your standard stand-up is, I'm talking into a microphone, I have a one, one-person show, I'm not a rock band. And they have, they're just, they're different, and mm. you can't, Stand up is not you can't you can't have a rock band and then have stand up after it by any means. No, I don't even I don't really get opening for musicians. No, it doesn't make any sense. I I, I, even Craig Gass would tell you he's like, you know, he has to find a gimmick. So he, I think a couple occasions he would go out dressed in like roadie gear, like he was giving the crowd information from the band. And he would work his, which is actually fairly brilliant, but he'd work his stand-up into, like, he wouldn't come out and say, hey, I'm Craig Gass, I'm a comedian. He would come out in a jumpsuit, you know, and he'd say, all right, ladies and gentlemen, before we bring out Motley Crue, i got a couple rules for everybody to follow. And he would just go right into his bit, which is brilliant, because yeah. if he goes out there and says, I'm a comedian, people are going to be like, fuck uh-huh. off. Yeah. Brandon from? wanted to be a comedian at one time. Instead, he got into, you know, building fences and doing, um, irrigation but i mean he's got some really funny stuff brandon you want to throw some of your uh, material yeah by Catherine before we end this give me a premise uh what do you call I hate this a drunk rat playing hopscotch uh um me as a nanny <laughs> a uh a baton See what I said? It's like really good <laughs> stuff. I mean, it's just a little tweaking with the delivery, but. What are you doing sitting behind a, a camera right now? Why don't you get on the stage? God. I'm working was... on it. I'm starting in the basement, you know, starting small. I got a few roaches around here that I talked to. That's about it. Yeah. Right. I mean, that rat right. joke. Did they, yeah. Did they kills. give you that joke? Yeah. That was good, yeah. man. That Strong. was really good. I don't get it at all. It's yeah. so above me. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, he, that's that's his problem in his struggle. He's an intellect comic. Right. You know, it's too good. He's trying to book a tour with all the um, you know, the Yales and the Browns and the mm-hmm. Harvards and stuff. He's trying to do one of those Ivy League tours. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. God. And that and you're gonna and you're gonna do good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You should <laughs> Just wear the hat and the robe, and you'll be straight like school. Did you just did you just say I'm? I don't know the answer to this. I'm just gonna think of a noun, and then you because I, I don't even get what the hell a baton. It's like the Judd Nelson joke in Breakfast Club. He's <laughs> like, there's no punchline to it. Yeah, he made it up for the scene. I think Brandon just made that shit up for because I put him on the spot and he was falling asleep. Right. All right. Um, 
at it's Catherine Blanford on Instagram, but yep. you can find her anywhere, you know, YouTube, uh, TikTok, all that good stuff. Uh, at Cheaty's podcast, follow the podcast. We're a big supporter of other podcasts. And um, I wish you nothing but the best. I had so much fun with you being here and you know, coming over the, the studio. You're my new fave. Hanging out. Thank you so much. You're so awesome. And you say that every time? No, I don't. I really don't. We, we I don't, don't like have, a lot of people. Yeah, Nikki does. I mean, look at her face. She's just mean. <laughs> look at yeah, that. She's, yeah, she's, she's pure she's, evil. She's pure I got to do that rap just to smooth her out every once in a while. Right, right. Put her in her place. Yeah. Look, oh, there's other talented people here. <laughs> it's, 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 I, I Pavlov her. You know, I have to do the rap so she's smart. Like, every time I do it, she... <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. She forgets how to fake smile. And then I, and then I don't touch me. Oh, God. How do you do this? Bailey All Entertainment time. does not have an HR department. <laughs> don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast does not have an HR department. <laughs> Tomorrow she's going to come up with the plastic <laughs> COVID walls. I will touch you if I did. This is a good old boy men's locker room uh, room where, where if I want to. Talk to the gals and the and the women. Blink. She's been blinking twice at me this whole podcast. <laughs> help me, help me. Yeah, it's funny because her safe word is Catherine, and it just, just <laughs> it didn't work today. This is the first time she's going to come out of the basement in a week, right? <laughs> you, they don't let you leave. You can't see the constraints, can you? On her, on no, her feet. I, no, I see them now. Oh, but they're but be, they're bejeweled. That's why you can't really tell. Yeah, I guess them from etsy right right <laughs> there's a lot of freaks on etsy that do the constraints for yes me. <laughs> after you leave the studio we have our only fans account that we have to go cater to jeez that's where you make your money i do yeah. yeah yeah okay beautiful thank you so much for having me no you were great uh best of luck keep in contact with us let us know if we can help in any way and uh and uh, I'll come out and see you again anytime Please I can. Do. You're hilarious. Very, very funny. So uh, at it's Catherine Blanford on uh, the Instagram follower. And again, thanks for coming in. Thank you. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Look, doing a new kitchen or bath, that's a big undertaking, right? So you want to go to somebody that's like a one-stop shop, like UCI Kitchen and Bath. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator and installer for the past 20 years. That's what I'm talking about, a one-stop shop. Uh, they provide the installation of whatever you buy. Speaking of, you mentioned the BS, the Bailey Show podcast, and you're getting 10% off your regularly priced countertops. That's a nice little savings, right? You can visit the Norcross, Georgia showroom location. Let their design team transform your kitchen and bathroom into a beautiful and functional environment to fit your personality. It's just upping your property value. You can get with all the latest trends because they got them right there on the showroom. Servicing all of Georgia and parts of Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. How do you get a hold of them? Very simple. UCIGranite.com. The letters UCI, the word granite.com. Help you help your business get to the next level. And you do that by incorporating create graphics in there. Whether it's vehicle wraps, corporate events you might be having, interior, exterior events, graphic design and apparel. Create Graphics is a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, wide format printing, and graphic installation. 
excellent customer service where every project is going to get that one-on-one experience from start to finish. CreateGraphics.net. C-R-E-A-T-E-G-R-A-P-H-I-X.net. Or you can call 770-369-9962. 770-369-9962. Son of a bitch. I'll be loving you forever, just as long as you subscribe to The Bailey Show. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. Tell me if this is an odd exchange for a reservation for our cabin via Airbnb. I think it is. Um, so we got the cabin, Paradise City, paradisecity.com. It's up in uh, North Georgia, Blue, uh, Mineral Bluff, right by Blue Ridge. And, you know, it stays booked, you know, during the peak months especially. And uh, we get all sorts of people that come up there to do different things. Uh, yoga retreats, spiritual retreats, Girl Scouts, bachelor parties, bachelorette parties. Just a family wanting to chill out on the mountain and in the woods and do some hiking and all that cool stuff. We've not had this, though. And this guy, middle-aged guy, uh, reaches out to us and asks us if our cabin is secluded. That's not odd, right, Nate? Of course, you might want to ask if your cabin is secluded. You're assuming it is, but you're just double-checking, right? Not odd? Yeah, because sometimes people can... Manip- not manipulate, but take the photos at a weird angle of, of Airbnbs and you think you're on the beach and then you find out you're you're in some empty parking lot like three blocks from the beach. Exactly. <laughs> right. you're, you're, you're Absolutely. That's a very good example. Correct. So we reply back and we say, uh, yes, it's it's for the most part secluded. Uh, you are on a mountain. You know, it's about a half mile up on the mountain. Um, it's on four acres. So, you know, you're good. Uh, the pictures kind of show that if you want to go to paradisecity.com. So he replies back, thank you for the quick reply. Uh, do you have neighbors? And if so, how far are they from the cabin? Okay. Is that weird, Nikki? Now that's sounding a little weird. So I'm thinking he's a serial killer or something. Like he doesn't want the people to hear the screams of who he's about to go murder in your cabin. Okay. So now we're starting to probably... <laughs> Get a little like, what's going on now, right? Right. The first one, not so much because the way Nate explained it just makes sense. Yeah. Okay. But now the follow-up, and this is all happening in real time, you know, one after another through the app. So it's a little weird. It's a little weird. So reply back and say, we do have neighbors. They're a distance away. Um, you know, in the wintertime, you know, when there's no leaves on the trees, you can see lights in the distance, but it's not like they're five feet next door. You know, you got plenty of space, so you're fine. So he replies back, thank you. Appreciate the quick response. Um, Is there anything I should know? I just want to have as much privacy as possible because I'm coming alone for four days. Four, like four or five days. (laughs) What does he think your neighbors is going to (laughs) do? Come invite him for coffee? I, I, I turned to Rach and I said, should we decline this guy's booking? Like, what, what's going on? That's, we've never had someone ask these types of questions. Maybe they just automatically assume 
it's private. You're going to be by yourself. And, you know, I mean, it, it, the camera is outside. I, I, that probably didn't go over well with him when he got there. But there's a big sign. It says on the website in Airbnb, surveillance outside. Not that I'm spying on the guy or, or, or not or, or spied on the guy. But it was just the exchange. I'm going, why does, why? So I got, I got curious. And I looked him up on the old interweb, right? Uh-huh. And I go to some of his social media. He's got social media. And he's got a family. He's got a wife. He's got kids. Looks like he's a pretty happy guy. Those make for the best serial killers. Yeah, well, that's what I'm going. And he, he lives out of state, mind you. I'm going, why would a man, a middle-aged man, who according to his social media looks like he's got a good life, good family, want to come and stay at my cabin alone for almost a week and make sure double check triple quadruple check that it's ultra private any guesses He's maybe shooting he, a porn video yeah shooting a porn what video I was thinking. by himself uh maybe he just told you that he didn't tell you there are 13 strippers or hookers coming over <laughs> this, this guy's starring in the hand that rocks my dick <laughs> okay, so you think he might be shooting a porn and but what do you tell your wife? Uh business trip. Business trip. Okay. Mm-hmm. But she's checking on her phone and she's she's tracking you and she finds that you're in the mountains in Georgia. What kind yeah, of you're in a cabin, you know, doing some business deals. <laughs> okay. Get married. Tell me how that works out. Nate, do you have any uh do you have any ideas what's going what was going on with this guy? I would think it's either he's doing some kind of religious retreat or uh, he's doing, he wants to do drugs, like do some mushrooms in the woods and doesn't want to be freaked out by the neighbors. I don't know. I think I'd be more freaked out if I did shrooms in the woods. That's, that's like you're, it's like you're in some kind of weird cartoon. Maybe <laughs> you start seeing the trees are coming to life. All right. Yeah. No, that, that's where you want to do it. I'm going to give a logical explanation for him. Maybe he wants to write a book. Oh, like misery. <clears throat> or the secret window. No, I don't know about that. I know about misery though. Kathy With Johnny Depp, you never seen the secret window? I have not. He's in the cabin, secluded in the woods, writing a book. Okay, I like the ideas, and I like your idea, Nikki. <laughs> I will tell you that I've seen what this guy looks. He's not writing anything. Ah, yeah, he's. <laughs> I'm sure he can write. I just don't see him writing long pieces. Oh, did you find out what he's doing? He just didn't strike me as the. Long form writer guy. That's why Nate. He just, I, I don't know. There's a lot of. I'm, I'm guessing what maybe he he looks like, but maybe he's writing a manifesto. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't like Ted Well, I I don't know the end result of this story. I can't give you any closure <laughs> because as we record this episode, he's currently there, and so uh, uh, nothing bad has happened yet. I've Have you it. been looking on the cameras to see if you see anything suspicious? Bodies in a bag, anything no. like that? I, I don't look. I, I don't look in the cameras when the guests are there, um, unless they're. I need to talk to them at the front door. You know, I mean, I don't check. Uh, that's 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 fine. Like, I, I if I if I get notifications because I get notifications from the cameras when guests are there, 
I don't look at them. I'll, I'll mute the notifications because, of course, I'm going to get notifications. The only time I look at them is if there aren't guests there and I get notifications. But, Bailey, this guy's already sketch. I, I just knew you'd at least look and see when he got there if he was unloading bodies. It's none of my business if he is. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's not. I mean, like. You always want to be the guy to report something or, or be the first to break something crazy happening. You have a serial killer in your cabin. You could be the first to break the news calling the FBI and you do nothing? I, I don't know if he's a serial killer. He but you're could not even be, trying to find out. He could be fighting with it. You know, but it's not my job as a business. You know, people that run hotels, when people check in, they're like, you look like you might kill yourself. You're not going to do that in my hotel, are you? <laughs> it's like it's none of their business. It's my business. I'm all up in the It's none of my business. business. I check the side doors and everything. I find out later after guests leave why they decided to go uh if because they'll post on social media there was like a twerk party one time with all these big booty hoes <laughs> they were getting with it you know they were yeah. like they were like in my bathroom with their leg raised up shaking some fake butt cheeks and i said please and i was like please don't put this on instagram <laughs> not why you come to paradise city this is a family friendly uh, and i'm sure people have shot porns and whatnot and all kinds of we just actually had somebody stay up there uh they asked a bunch of questions before they got there uh which is fine but they, they rolled up in like this camper van and it was uh it was like eight people, I think, eight people. But they didn't tell us, you know, like sometimes people will tell us why they're coming up. You know, we're coming up for my daughter's birthday. Or we're coming up with this and this and that. These people didn't say, they just say we're coming up, you know. And But they asked a bunch of questions about the cabin. Again, that's fine. We find out afterwards because they tagged us on Facebook that they were shooting a documentary. And actually, I have some mutual friends with, I think, the guy, the, the director guy. And I don't know what the documentary is about, but the, you know, you see the pictures on our on our deck, and you know, the, the crew, the cast, and all that kind of stuff. It was like eight, nine, ten people that stayed up there, and I'm going, should I have known about this beforehand? And if you shoot something and use my cabin as whatever in a movie, in a music video, or in a documentary. Should I get points on that? No, you don't want to know. That's their business. Let them do whatever they want. Don't you worry about it. Well, see, I think that's we need to put something up there. Like if you're <laughs> shooting for entertain, like if you're coming up for entertainment purposes, you got to let us know. Because I, if, if it's a movie or I want points, it could be something that's huge. Oh well. I want to make money on the back end. I think that I should make money on the back end. Would you agree, Nate? But no, because they're paying you to stay there. I yeah. know. I thought about that. Is that what you're going to say, Brandon? Yeah, I mean they're already paying to stay there. I, mean, I I know, but I don't. I just think there should be a little extra charge more or something. Just like when you said that that you were approached to have a commercial shot at your house, they're paying you to use your house, so that you get what you pay for. They yeah. they pay for it. Well, okay, so interesting you say that because I thought the same thing. But when they use your house to shoot commercials, you get paid well, a lot more than what we charge to stay a night at Paradise City. I can tell you that right now. They give you a lot of money to get up out of Dodge uh, and to rearrange your house. I mean, thousands of dollars just for a couple days. There's a price difference. So that's where that's why I was thinking I should have gotten a little cut of that. Well, there's also a company difference. You're talking about like a major company versus some, some weirdos in the woods shooting a Blair Witch 4. <laughs> <laughs> 
oh my God, Blair Witch 4 was shot at your cabin? <laughs> I still, my claim to fame is I was on the set of the second season of Cobra Kai. They shot it at where I play tennis. I watched the fight by the buffet table. It was cool. <laughs> I wasn't into the show at that time yet, so... Uh, anyway, so I thought I'd share that with you guys. We'll get uh, one question with Brandon here in, in just a second. I got I got something else for you. Uh, uh, so my my daughter's got this new boyfriend, fairly new boyfriend, and he lives in a different city. In, in Georgia. Another DJ Khaled of boyfriends, another one, <laughs> <laughs> and another one, and another one. <laughs> She's a teenager, you know. I mean, she really she's only had like three boyfriends in her teenage years. What did she meet in him three at? weeks? No, <laughs> stop that. She has not been three weeks. What? What did she meet him at? If he's in in Macon, uh, I didn't say that. I was not going to say that, but I said he was in a different city. But now that you've said that, because you know, uh, he you said where he he lives before. Yeah, okay, but have. everybody forgot where. those are past episodes. Nobody goes back. Oh, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> he plays uh, travel baseball. And his good buddy, who is f- boyfriends with my daughter's best friend, that's how they met through, okay. that, through that. And he's a good kid. He's a really good kid. He's a good old boy. Good old Georgia boy. Right. I like him a lot. I thought you liked him kind of a little bit. No, no, no. I like him a lot. Okay. You know, here's, what, here's why I like him. He's respectful. He did something. It's just that one thing that will win a father over. And he helped us out during the the tennis tournament with the Mike Corcetti booth. Mm-hmm. Now it's not because he was there every day and all that stuff. It had nothing to do with that. There was a day that there was a parking area where my daughter would park and it wasn't far. It was a special parking area they had for, for people that, that were working at the tournament, but you still had to walk off property to go to. And my daughter, she was like, Oh, I'll be right back guys. I got to go to my car. I forgot something. And he goes, I'll come with you. And she's like, you don't have to come with me. You can stay here. He goes, no, I'm not going to let you walk to your car by yourself. And that won you over. I'm in. Okay. Because he can protect her. <laughs> and, and that's- Hear that, Brandon? You just have to do one nice thing and you're in with Bailey. Good <laughs> to go. <laughs> he believes you 100%. Well, you know, Brandon's still trying. And, and, yeah. I, and I can appreciate that. He hasn't that. done one nice thing yet. Which come I, on, Brandon, I, get it together. I can appreciate that. But it was, you know, as a father, you want to know that whoever she's with can protect. Like the first boy that she dated, I liked him a lot. He was a nice kid. He was a nice little goofy stoner kid. Uh, but this dude... You know, the guy falls over. He's not, he's not doing anything. The the middle dude was okay. He was a little screwy upstairs, but you know he would protect her. I think you know he was a big kid. He looked like he could handle himself. Okay. So I look for protection anyway. She's uh, there's uh, he goes to a, um, a a private school or all boys school. He goes to some you know not public school, and they got some oh, so he's a troublemaker. No, no, no. It's not because of that. It's because is, there's a reason for it. I forget what it is. And the, the living situation is is odd, I guess. Um, his mother and father, I've met them before. Dad's a cop. And, and, and they're very nice people. They, he doesn't live with them. He lives with his grandmother, which is like right up the street. Because when she lost her husband, he didn't want her to be alone. Again, points with Bailey. Okay. All right. There's no dysfunction or anything like that. That's just the way the way that it is. So there's some kind of, but he's got a sister, a younger sister that's just younger than my daughter, just slightly younger, just slightly younger, that lives with the parents. And she's actually been over the house and she's been up here with them and stuff like that. 
and there's some event coming up. It's like a dance. It's homecoming. There's something. I don't know what it is. And she wants to go down there and go to the, the dance with him or the, the event with him. And so she, the, the, the idea that was pitched to me, and, and Rach did this in a way like, she thinks I'm stupid. Like, I don't know what she's doing. She thinks she's <laughs> such a good manipulator. She ain't got shit, dude. The way that I was written, my mother was a master manipulator. And I, as I've adopted that, you know, I, I, I can, I can see it. I can do it if I want. She thinks she's so good at this. And I'm like, kid, you got nothing on me. Yeah. But, I mean, that, that stuff might work with grandma, but I mean, does she not know who she's married to? Come on. Exactly. Right. Thank you, Nate. I appreciate the backing. And so she, uh, we're in the car and she goes, uh, you know, bees wants to go, uh, down to Macon and, uh, and do this thing. And I was like, cool. So I, I figured we would go and get an Airbnb and stay and she would stay with us. And that's it. Cause she, I don't want her driving down there and I definitely don't want her staying somewhere by herself. And she, you know, definitely is not staying with this guy. So I said, okay. I was like, so what's the plan? She goes, well, this is what they want to do. The girls want to go stay at the boy's parents house with his sister and the boys are going to stay with the grandmother. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> totally how to play out and rachel's like all for it and i'm like I, I so i'm thinking i right, how to how do you say this and handle it because she's not asking me she's she is but she's telling me and this is a lot of issues that you know if you're a stepfather or step parent you know like you might get asked advice on stuff and you can give your advice when asked or even your opinion when not asked. But the biological parent, that's the way that it's going to go every single fucking time. Uh, and, and you know that's why I sit back and I say, I told you so. I told you so. I told you because so. I'm a lot smarter than my wife. And, uh, and, and she just it's not a season and experience as I am. Oh, right? OK. Right. Sure. Um, so, <laughs> so she uh, so I say I'm like thinking, OK, well, how, how do I handle this? What do I say to her? So I go to her, I say, I go, I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm not a big fan of the idea. And I could tell, she gets defensive. She goes, why? You know, you could just hear it in her like she wants to fight with me. <laughs> and I said, hold on for a second. I, I'm not mad. <laughs> like, okay, you asked me a question. I gave you my answer. And now your energy level, you're up here when you were right here before. Well, I just want to know what the problem is. I said, I don't feel comfortable. I don't believe it. She said, you don't trust your daughter? I do trust my daughter, but I don't trust anyone else in this world. <laughs> said, That's the problem. I, I, I go, here. I go. here's the thing, Reg. I don't want to, I don't like to, I try not to ever do something that if things do go bad, go south, that when asked why you did it, you really don't have a good reason. Right. So, so something like if you can stop something before it possibly could happen, uh, you, you foreshadow the future. Like there is the, the variable of something bad happening and that something bad does happen. Like, let's just say something bad happens, right? Whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And, and the news comes to you and it's like, hello, this is Dirk McGunnin from channel 18 eyewitness news. And our lead story is young girl loses leg in tragic airboat accident in Macon, Georgia. We're here with the parents, Jason Bailey and Rachel guy. 
So, Mr. Bailey, why did you allow your daughter to travel to Macon at the age of 17 to go stay with what he said was his parents' house? Like, did you really believe that? I mean, it's like, <laughs> you just, like, I don't know. I, I get asked that question. I don't know why I okayed it. I didn't okay it. It's her fault. That's what I would do. It's not my, I did not okay it. It's her fault. I said I wasn't a fan and she got bitchy, Dirk. I use this same example you're using right now when I when I'm in a relationship and we have the argument of not telling me where you're going. And whenever the guy's like, what? Why do you have to know where I'm going? I'm like, what if you leave the house? You get in a car accident and die. And the news comes to me and says, or the police says, well, where was he going? And all I have to tell your family and anybody is, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know is not an answer. I will look and sound so stupid, right? Just like basically is not a, is not a word. So I get what you're saying in that aspect, but if you don't want her to go stay with whoever, what do you want her to do? Well, we'd all go down there as a family. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and what, sit around to the dances over and drive her back home? Well, no, we would stay the night down there. I would enjoy it. Macon's a beautiful city. I'm sure there's plenty of stuff to do down there. Oh, so you want to just go with her? No, I'm not going to go with her to the dance. Now, I might, truth be told, dress as a tree in disguise and be in the... <laughs> Wiggle my way into the dance. <laughs> so Rachel's opposed to that. She don't want to go. No, no, no I, I don't mind her going. I want her to go. I, I wanted her to have fun. I just, the, Nate, am I crazy on this one or what? I mean, it's just, it's just like you, you can't as a parent okay it. I don't know. It's, it's hard because the, the problem with us as adults is we, we will analyze things depending on with the age, depending on what it is. Like, you know, in this situation, oh, she's a child. She can't do that. She's not old enough. But then there's also 17-year-olds that are, you know, flying around the world solo in a plane or making millions of dollars online or, you know, getting married or, or signing up for the military or whatever. We kind of pick and choose how to treat them, whether they're adults or children at that age. So I don't know. I mean, weren't you going to have – didn't that guy come stay at your house? No, I wouldn't allow it. Oh, okay. But, I mean, 17 years old – You some 17-year-olds go to college. Um I, I know when I was in high school, my senior year, we'd go up to Iowa State or the University of Iowa. One of our buddies that was, you know, graduated the year before, we go stay at the dorm with him and, you know, go experience college life or whatever. So I was doing that stuff at 18. But in your situation as a, a, a parent, yeah, I guess I would feel I would feel worried about it. But then it's like, when do you when do you let loose the reins? I okay. mean, she's, she's going to be on her own next year. So here's the thing is to give examples of what we did when we were younger. And if it's okay for your kids to do it, throw that theory out the window. It's, it's, it's a catch 22. It, 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 it's not fair. And it's just how that is. It's not my rules. Those are just the rules of the world. Okay. So what I did at 17, she's not doing, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Well, you're a guy, but I, I, well, I think you can use those as I did it or it it happened or I did it at that age, because I think the, the use of those are examples are like, see, look, I did it and everything turned out. Okay. It's not the end of the world, but I also didn't have loving parents. And my job as a father is to at times be unfair and overprotective and do things on the way safe side that if you were to talk to a stranger, they'd be like, you're a little too much. That's my job. That is my job as a father to be overprotective. But it's also your job to teach her how to live in the, 
on her own in the world and you can't go from being completely overbearing to to let her go there has to be a, a kind of a happy medium where you you gently let her go so maybe you let her do a little bit and then gradually and then she gets used to being able to do things on her own and it's not such a a shock oh she does tons of stuff she's i mean she's always on the go she's a mover and a shaker you know i mean yeah, i don't mean like just i don't mean like going to starbucks with her friends i mean like going you know on a weekend you know like uh her friends are go to fucking other countries with you um you know with without her family you know like her her friend that went to the bahamas with you or whatever her her mom let her do that you know yeah, well, well, she was with adults, though. She didn't let her go off and stay somewhere with a boy. I, I would not. Yeah, but I, but I, I would not let her go on a trip with uh, other people's parents. I wouldn't. Yeah. Either. See. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's what I mean. You 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 got to like kind of let the la- the reins loose a little bit. You that's know, what, that's gradually. What that's what's so rage, you know. Like with these kids that always tag along on our vacations. I'm going. You know, I get it because she wants to have friends with her. I understand that. But I, I wouldn't let that happen. Like if I'm their parents, I wouldn't let them I come with either. us. You know, it's just it, like, especially as a father, if he doesn't know who I am and his daughters, you know, like that's just, I, I get, I mean, I guess I'm just a likable person. You, know? <laughs> you just kind of trust me and you're like, oh, that guy's straight like skull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's good to go. She's got spr- like spring break this year for, cause they're all seniors. They put out that they, they want to go to um, Mexico. No, it's 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 not Mexico. It's like Puerto Rico or not even. It may it was something. I thought it was odd, an odder place, a, a more odd place than Puerto Rico, but something like, like that. Aruba. No, it wasn't Aruba. It was like a, there was a maybe a Rico or a Rulo or something in there. It was, it was eighty. Bali. Rio. No, 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 no. I, I don't, Costa Rica. But they, they, you know, it's like one. It's crazy amount of money for each person to go, right? And it's like, okay. And I'm going, you're not going to a foreign country. I know Puerto Rico is not a foreign country, but wherever this was, it was a foreign country. And they're like, I, I'm not sending you to a foreign country in your senior trip in high school with people I don't know as chaperones. Isn't that pretty common? I mean, Mexico is the very common place to go for spring break as a senior. Yeah, I understand that. This was totally like Mexico. I, you know, because I can come stay with you and I can. <laughs> <laughs> kind of tag along you gotta let her go man you gotta you gotta <laughs> let her grow up you gotta let her learn her own her own way make her own decisions you always say that that caleb was babied his whole life you can't keep babying her also you gotta let her you know learn to be an adult what's a double standard with boys and girls boys are treated differently than girls it's just how it is it's again not my rules it's the universe yeah rules. but if, if she but, does do mexico like that i would prefer that and be like who's that creepy Six three, two hundred and twelve pound Mexican guy in the corner. Who was, he's he's been in every place that we've been to. You're dressed up like the spring break guys. Hello, fellow kids. No, I got the big sombrero and I got the poncho over. And my head's down. And he's like same guy riding the donkey. He's following us everywhere. It's the weirdest thing. Sweat. Ariel, isn't that your dad? No. Oh, no, speak English. Oh, sorry. Bye, Ariel. Too. <laughs> How do you know my name? Uh, hola, como esta? What's up, peace? <laughs> it's not, it's it, I bring it up to be silly, but I it's just not. It's it, I know it's not. I I know what I'm saying. It sounds crazy. But did you guys come up with a resolution? Uh, no. I she stopped talking to me the whole car ride. <laughs> So you know what that yeah, means. Yeah, I mean, like, literally, the rest of the car ride, she didn't say a thing. She was just like, um, she's like, no. 
She's, yeah. she, so, so what that means is she's going to pretend like she didn't ask me that question. And that's what she wants to do. She's anyway. going to do what she wants to do anyway. Uh, she did. <laughs> she did that with something else not that long ago. And I was, I was furious. I was absolutely furious because we agreed on it. I forget what it was. And I was like, well, don't even fucking talk to me. Don't even ask me questions. I, 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 it just doesn't make any sense. Oh, shit. Is that her? Right. How does she know these things? God. Don't you know I'm a rec- weirdo over there? She knows. She just pops down. Like, she's been gone all day, and she just pops down. She's, anyway. Now, I'm not talking about you. We got to do uh, Brandon's something because he's got to go. Well, all right. Uh, one question with Brandon here. Don't worry about it. It's none of your business. We're just talking about how you try to. Anyway. I try to what? Nothing. Here we go. One question with Brandon. All right, B-Man Thrasher. Eagle Scout Andrew Sparks is here, and he's ready to take care of your lawn, man. It's September, but we still got some grass growing, and then, like you know, the leaves are going to fall. So right now he's doing all your mowing, your trimming, your edging. He does a little few odd jobs, like you need someone to spy on your daughter down making. He might be able to do that for you for a night for a for a good price. But uh, give Sparky's lawn care a call. Or send him a text. It's probably more convenient. 706-897-2199. Or hit him up at the Gmail if you still use email. Sparky'sLawn at gmail.com. So, and, Sparky's Spy Service and Lawn. Sparky's <laughs> Spy and Lawn Service. All right. What's your one question? All right. Here we go. Um, if you're trying to fail and you succeed, did you fail or did you succeed? Wow. These are getting good. Do you have all these written down? Yeah, I'll put them in my phone normally. Like, I was just sitting there on the couch, and I'll think of something. That, just type it in my phone. That's something that you should also put on the site. Just just, uh, just a list of questions, <laughs> you know. Um, if you're but, trying to – if you so you're saying if you succeed at failing, have you – Fail or succeed. Have you failed or – you've succeeded. Because I've succeeded at failure. And But why would you be trying to fail? Um, tank a radio show, lose a job. <laughs> I mean, that's the first thing I thought. <laughs> yeah, so uh, get fired probably. You know, like we were talking about quiet quitting the other day and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, that's an easy one. You're if you're if you're try if you're if you succeed at failing and you're trying to fail and you actually fail, you've been successful. So yes, you've succeeded absolutely. You are a winner at losing. Yes, Nate. Yeah, I agree. Um, because you're if look at it more like a goal. If your goal is to fail, and you do, and you fail, then you succeeded. Yes. So you you've accomplished or you've achieved the goal, which was successful. Yeah. Don't look at the word. Look at the action. The action of failure is what you're trying to accomplish. You're not trying to fail, in the sense of not winning. But you are trying to fail as far as an action goes. That makes sense, right, Nikki? Uh-uh. This, these questions hurt my head. I'm sitting here it's like. It's not the questions that hurt your head. Uh, it's your damn wigs are too tight. No. I don't even have on a wig. Oh. That's, not, that's, 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 that's not a wig? It's not a wig. That's no. your real hair? It's crochet. It's a I told you it was crochet. That means somebody took a crocheting needle, they pulled the hair through a braid, they tie it in a knot, and it hangs. From what? From my hair. Oh, so when you say crochet, I think of an old lady in a rocker doing a scarf. <laughs> no. So you're re- that's your real hair on top. 
My real hair is right here. Wait, but see, your head just moved. Oh my god! So that's a tat. So, but you've got a fluffy head. Where's all that hair at? It's braided. Oh, so braided it, down, and then this hair is weaved into it and tied in a knot. And that's easier than just going all natural. Yes. That doesn't make it. That's one question, Brandon. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. That, that can never be answered. <laughs> Why she wears wigs instead of going with her awesome, by the way, all natural hair, because it's easier to wear wigs. She's talking about crocheting hair into her head. That yeah. doesn't sound like it's a, you know, 60-minute rice lunch. You know, that sounds like 60 seconds. That sounds like it's going to take all day to do. Anyway, would you like to participate in this? I can't understand it. He's asking, are you, if you succeed at failing, are you succeeding or are you failing? You're succeeding. Okay. Well, there you go. End of story. And I can't give you a long explanation why. You're just succeeding if that was the goal and what you sought out to do. Well, as a broadcaster, you should be able to give a long explanation. I can't because it's the questions. They make my head hurt. They you don't like those uh, brain buzzer type of questions? These are brain buzzers. These are brain killers. All right, let's do let's do a uh, let's do an exercise. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> you've got it. I'm going to ask you three questions. Okay. Okay. Uh, actually, I'm going to ask you four questions. You have to answer them immediately. You can't think about it. It's a brain exercise. Are you ready? <sighs> okay. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. What do cows drink? Milk. Okay. <laughs> what color is an orange? Orange. Where do you park your car? In a parking space. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot the fourth one. It was a it was a stop stoplight question, but I forgot the fourth. By the way, cows don't drink milk. They produce milk. They yeah. drink water. You dumb fuck. <laughs> you said I didn't have time to think about it. I know that's it. It, it makes your brain think. You got to you got to think ahead. You got to hear. You got to know the question before it's asked. That's a it's a brain buster question. Okay, I got it. The cow one's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's usually supposed to be the last one you ask. Like cow. What's that? Uh, like in the the teaser, you're supposed to ask the cow one last. You ask three other ones first. That. Like what color is an orange, orange or whatever. Then the last one you asked the cow one. So oh. it makes you think it, but Nikki said it right away. So it worked out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, but th there was another one that I thought I was supposed to ask last. It was like, you... uh, what do you put in the toaster? Something like that. Toast. No, but that's a good one. Bread. Right. Yeah, sure. No, there was like, you stop at a stoplight. You stop at a red light. You go at a green light. What do you do at a yellow light or something like that? And you're supposed to say like, go, or I don't know. Anyway, all right, uh, so that's it for us today. Podcastthebs.com is our website. Once again, please visit, subscribe if you have not. So many good things in your life will happen if you do subscribe. Uh, for every four ninety nine, a dollar that goes to medication for Brandon's crabs. Uh, Nate, do you have anything before we get out? Do not feed cows milk. They like water. Thank you. Brandon. Be sure to have a good day and pick up your stuff off the ground. Thanks for focusing today. And Nikki. If at first you don't succeed, dust yourself off and try again. Okay, that's not bad. Pretty profound. Mm. Uh, as always, thanks so much for the support. Continue to like, share, and let people know about the show. Talk to you soon. Hey, bye. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. 
Please share, like and support podcastbs.com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.